When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply calling all euphorians you're cordially invited to east highland high school's prom when well now where in the comfort of your own quarantine attire formal or just show up in your sweatpants strap on your corsage and pour yourself a nice bottle of everclear and gatorade rsvp now by pushing play it's going to be a euphoric night to remember Hello, Euphorians! Hello! Wow, I am speechless. It feels like just yesterday New York announced quarantine, and yet here we are. What, two months now? Three months? Oh, who knows? <laughs> who knows? I've Time lost count. has no meaning. It has no meaning. And yet here we are, and we are on episode eight of this podcast. That is so crazy. One would say that's so euphoric, but it's also fucking crazy. It is crazy. And it's what's really crazy is this just would not have happened without quarantine. No. We'd been playing with this idea for a long time, and we were already working on it, but it wouldn't have been off the ground for months still no. if it weren't for this. I mean... As a local New Yorker, I mean, you have no time. You know, your day is just packed from your commute to your full-time job, hustle and bustle of the city. I mean, there is no way I could have done this. The bustle. There's truly no way. I mean, we've already talked about this, but, like, our lifestyle is so fun and spontaneous. So, like, any time we did, because you're right, we had this idea so early on. I think it was, like, back in November. Mm -hmm. And it was such a good idea. And we were so passionate about it. We even bought the mics. We like got all the equipment, but then we were like, eh, like every night we'd like decide to maybe record. We were like, or we could go to this new restaurant, or we could go party at a new club. Like in New York, you don't. There's no time to spare. Like you can't sit at home. Now we're forced to fucking sit at home. So, I mean, and I feel blessed go. in a way. Yeah, I'm. Eight weeks later, and here we are at Bingo episode Bongo. eight. Episode eight, baby. The grand finale. The big old finale. It's not the last episode for us ever, though. We're going to no. keep uh, keep them coming on a weekly basis, and we'll tell you a little bit more about that later. Um, and it is like... But it is the last episode of Euphoria, so it's a little, uh, little bit. It's a little bittersweet. And it's bittersweet also because we literally have no fucking clue when season two will pick up. So, like... Yeah, it could be a long time. It could be a long time. I like time. to say that we would, we'll keep the content coming until, <laughs> until season two, but, like... That could be, like, two years. We, we might run out of content. <laughs> we might run out of that. content. Let's, let's be honest. But that's what our followers are for. They'll help us out. Well, you know, as usual, let's just dive into, like, you know, euphoric quarantine life. Yeah, give us the news. Oh, I have the news. Hot news. The first item is just, like, too much. 
we have to start with Zendaya posting herself as Shrek yes. on our Insta story. Love this moment. I love this for Zendaya, honestly. And is it a photo of her? Is it her as Rue? It might. I think it's, it's just first her. her as Rue. I think. I'm pretty no. sure it's a still from Euphoria. It might be. Honestly, I'm embarrassed. I don't know. It's just funny though. I'm pretty she just, sure it is. She looks kind of like she almost looks like she's lying in bed and is like. Ooh. I'm pretty sure it's from when she's in bed in Euphoria. Or it might be in bed in quarantine. It could be either. Yeah. Honestly, but yeah, I mean, honestly, like. I actually think it's the shot from when her mom busts in and catches her masturbating in the show because she's giving that awkward like side eye look. <laughs> Maybe, and it might be. I really don't know. I mean, that would be. I hope it's that. But honestly, overall, like, I just want to know what's going through Z's head. Like, what is she doing in this quarantine? Oh, like, Z, huh? Z, We're like... on a nickname basis now? <laughs> All the fan pages oh, call her Z, so I can't help it. Like, now it's just, I'm used to it. But, like, <laughs> Zendaya. Um, Zendaya. I just want to know what was running through her head. Like, she must be really fucking bored if she's clip-arting and photoshopping Shrek over her face as it's she's great. lying in bed. I love it. I know, I'm really here for it. And honestly, to all you folks out there that were saying that she's fucking depressed and shit, like, clearly she is thriving and is not. I mean, Does if you're... that look like depression <laughs> to you? Posting a Shrek meme is never depression. If anything, it's like, wow, she must be doing better than she's ever been. Mm. Yes. But... After that, I mean, I have a lot of news. Um, Clementine, the movie came out that Sydney Sweeney stars in. Yeah, let's talk about Clementine. We watched it last night. We, we actually did. rented it. It just came out, what, yesterday? Yes, we yesterday. Watched it on, we watched the premiere. We watched the premiere. And what's really great is they actually included us in their Insta story today, which was awesome, and followed Ooh, us, and so did the director, out. which is huge, because we really did enjoy it. And honestly, I would recommend going to the website and I'll be sure to put, I already put it in my Insta story today, but I'll repeat just so that you all have something to do during quarantine because it really is like a good movie to watch. But you can rent it and the money goes to different theaters like all over the US. And ours was our old hometown theater, which was kind of cute. Yeah, Cinema 21 in Portland, Oregon. Yeah. A great little uh, little theater. They've been there forever. They Super show old great school. movies. It used to be right around the corner from us. So it felt good. It's only 12 bucks. I mean, go do it. If you're a super fan, I mean, why not? Sydney Sweeney's excellent in it. She's always just such a great actress. Like, she really does a great job. Good. Yeah, so should we, should we talk a little bit about Clementine? Yeah, we'll give a little brief, a little brief review, if yeah. you will. I mean, we were both just drinking wine, and we had a great night in watching it. It's very, like, Lake House vibes. Yeah, loosely, it's a... a I described it in uh, the Reddit post as a lesbian lake house drama. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's about a... A lot of tension. Uh, a young woman from L.A. She goes through a, a breakup with her older uh, girlfriend mm-hmm. and moves... Uh, she She's runs away. Runs she runs away, away up to uh, the woods. Florence, of Oregon. Florence, Oregon. Not too far from the old hometown. Yeah. Um, to her out. ex's cabin in the woods and kind of posts up at the cabin where she comes across I mean, a... Nothing uh, good ever happens in a cabin in the woods. I know you think opposite because you actually were like born and bred Northwesterner, but I fucking hate the woods. I never feel relaxed. It's scary as shit. So <laughs> like, I mean, it's a great like woodsy... I mean, she met Sydney Sweeney in the woods. That's a pretty good thing. Yeah, it is a good thing. But yeah, she meets a she meets a a weird little local Sydney Sweeney who yeah. starts hanging around and it gets they weird. Have a, they have a little flirtatious mm-hmm. relationship. A lot and of things kind of go on from there, and it gets kind of weird. And I don't want to give too much away because yeah. it's like no, you just no, have no. to watch it. But it's very atmospheric. 
The music was great. I mean, yeah, the actors were great. The woods reminded me of home. The director's a female, so like shout out girl power. A female. A female. Um, so yeah, it was honestly really great. And like I said, Cindy Sweeney like stole the show. She's always just a really... I Actually, I do want to bring up, I said, I feel like A24 needs to use her in a, their next horror flick. I really want to see Sydney Sweeney perform in like a really intense horror mm-hmm. film. Yeah, I was saying she seems like one of those actresses who could really be pushed to like a crazy like yes. limit. She could be the star of like one of those horror movies where somebody is just like pushed and mm-hmm. pushed and pushed and just goes completely like yep. bonkers. Like Florence and Midsommar, like Hereditary, like that type of vibe. I would love to see her in that. I think she would do great. I think so, she like, could be good in Sydney that. Sweeney, your resume is just building by the minute. Let's let's plan a horror film Has she next. been in any horror movies yet? She's Are on we one forgetting any? She's on a show that's coming out on Amazon Prime, I believe, called Voyeurs. Or like mm, voyeur. Voyeurs. And it's supposed to be scary. But mm. I'm not positive if it's like A24 level, like oscar you know what i mean like i wouldn't compare i don't know hard to I, say i can't even say we'll look into it but like i i want to see her on an a24 film is what i'm saying like a24 does a good job of keeping the keeping the kids in the ring they've got alexa demi and all their films so come on show yeah. us Cindy, under the they got that goofy white boy well she's already those. in two so yeah. let's keep building uh, that a24 resume yeah. that's what i want then um we've got angus we do um, his He's washing chilling. machine's broken, so he has to use the laundromat like a like a normie. Yeah, um, so it's he crazy. took some some pics flexing in his fly uh, blue outfit outside of the local laundromat. Which is hilarious. I didn't even know like in LA you would ever go to a laundromat. Like, have you ever heard of anyone we know living in LA without laundry? I mean, that's not. In I mean, the building. If the laundry machines are broken. What do you do? You gotta oh, go to the laundromat. That's it. So he wasn't just going like. No, he was like, got I gotta either go to the laundromat because the laundry Damn. machines were being. And that makes sense with whatever. Corona. He probably can't get like a, a maintenance guy to come by. I don't know. Oh, but Angus, yeah, I feel for there you. There he is at the laundromat. He and looked good. I feel like Alex can really relate to Angus in this small moment in time because Alex has to go to our New York laundromat anytime we. I I just don't go. Oh yeah. <laughs> he goes and does all of our laundry. Yeah, and because of quarantine, we let it build up. For about like probably three months almost. So the last times I've been doing laundry, I had to go like three weeks consecutively because the laundromat's only open a few days a week. For so I had I was there like every day at the exact same time, <laughs> like once a week. You're like homies with like the laundromat lady. Yeah. You guys have like a like, relationship. It's really cute. Yeah, she nods at me whilst like eating her lunch and <laughs> <laughs> screaming Good. to her friends on the phone. <laughs> so Angus, if you ever need any laundromat recommendations, like Alex could do a quick look up or ask Ask uh, the lady at uh, ours yeah. for any recommendations. Yep. <laughs> then we've got Jules. She's on Twitter. You know, she was asking if anyone had any new requests for anime. And Alex yeah. actually had a good request. For any of you that do watch anime, we were kind of just listening off things because she said she had just watched, what is it, even Evangel- I don't Hunter watch anime. Hunter just said that she had finished a rewatch of Neon Genesis Evangelion, yeah. which I love. And I recently watched a, um, a short anime film. Not that short. It's like an hour and a half. Okay. Um, called Angel's Egg that is always kind of like recommended and talked about alongside Evangelion because it features a lot of like Christian symbology and weird like esoteric ancient religious themes Interesting. Um, like Evangelion does. So Jules would definitely be down for that or Hunter I should say. Hunter I think she'd probably enjoy it. It's re- it's It was great. It's a weird movie. It's quiet. It, there's almost like, there's very little dialogue, very little music. Um, it's beautifully animated. Like, it looks incredible. Oh. Um, and it has some a pretty interesting, like, 
religious question that it postulates and some really interesting weird religious symbolism it's all about the ark hunter you hear this the, fl- the great flood and the ark damn it was well, good i liked it i tweeted her so maybe she'll see your recommendation who knows i maybe. mean if not she's missing out it's about a little girl that has to protect an egg Ooh. so there you go can't imagine Angel's how exciting egg. that is anyway <laughs> <laughs> that's I'm a not very even, exciting page i know a lot of our fans love anime so i'm not here shitting on it i just have been very close-minded to it and haven't really dived in i should though i probably would you like really it should. i like the style behind anime i just haven't like watched any come on so then we've got Jacob Alordi over here um, taking a step back from the Nate role and diving into Broadway, random? or I don't know if you'd call it Broadway. I guess, yeah, because it's like acting live. It's like kind of Broadway-esque. But he was doing Pride and Prejudice on like a live Zoom type. I, I don't even know how they would do that. It's so weird know. because there's like... I was laughing. Someone made a meme and I didn't get a chance to watch it, but I absolutely will. So maybe next time I'll... I'll tell you about it. Do you think he like put on that costume and like pranced no. around in his living room? Like, oh, what's strange is none of them looked like, like they were dressed up. No, I looked at pictures because people were taking screenshots of like the screen, and I was kind of perplexed because maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they were dressed was up. Was it more I'm like stupid. a tail read? Yeah, exactly. Okay, so he wasn't like in his sweats, like dancing around. Like, no, with his they were top all hat. sitting. Um, but I, I do want to watch it because I feel like it's got to be fucking hilarious. I'm not saying he'd be a bad Mr. Darcy, but I don't really see it. But also, like, he's such a good actor that I'm like, maybe he did a great job. I don't know. I need to watch it. I can't really review it. But if you all are, you know, bored and want some more content, he did do that. And I think it is on, it's on his page. So you can just go to the link in his bio and watch it. But From Nate Jacobs to Mr. Darcy. Mr. Darcy. Yeah. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. Pride and Prejudice would, is really yeah. stupid. But you it's know what? Boring. I'm really glad he's dipping his toes into Broadway because, oh my God, I fucking love Broadway. So my dream would be Jacob to be on Broadway. I mean, I'd be here for it. That's your dream? It's not my dream, dream but it's one of my many. On I have Broadway. a lot of dreams, Alex. <laughs> I have a lot. And one of them, yes, is Jacob Alordi on Broadway. Wow. Okay. So then Cal, apparently, I think is starting to, I think he's like copying Sydney Sweeney and perhaps might be hinting are we getting an eric dane book club <laughs> a quarantine book club i have by to say Cal. i appreciate his choice of book club book. yeah tell us about it he's reading a book um called metamorphosis called? metamorphosis yeah the me- like the many mutations of hardcore oh, mutations or not mutations. metamorphosis yeah. <laughs> that's so wrong it's called yes. mutations called mutations the many faces of hardcore punk or something like that yes. but it's a history of the hardcore punk scene Probably starting in like the mid '80s, I would guess. Hmm. Um, it's not my favorite era of punk personally, um, but it seems like the book is super solid. It got pretty great reviews from like Pitchfork and stuff. Huh. Um, so if you're a, a hardcore, do you think he listens fan, to that? I mean, he must. Why yeah. on earth would you ever read that book if you didn't listen to hardcore punk? Like, I don't know. I feel like that'd be great though. Must. Like, if it's He's about the right age to have like been listening. Is it Screamo? No. Oh. No, no, no. Not Screamo. Oh, God. No one should ever write a history of Screamo. That can just be forgotten. It would be okay. (laughs) We can let Screamo die. But, like, so, yeah, I don't know. Maybe Cal's listening to hardcore punk before he goes on set. Or Eric Dane is. Maybe he's in his trailer, like, busting it out. Like, he's just getting high and, like, blasting, like, hardcore punk. He's just, like, smashing beer cans on his head. Yeah. Or maybe he's straight edge. He's mutating into Cal, literally. He's a mutation of Cal. Oh, Cal definitely does not listen to punk what do you think cal listens to i think he that's listens a to good question cal listens to enya and like classical like like psycho 
Like listen to a lot classical. of like, I classical. I think Enya's too sensitive for him. I can see classical. <laughs> he doesn't really. I don't know why me. I said Enya. I was thinking of like the serial killer scene and girl with a dragon tattoo, yeah. and I'm thinking like Cal. Yeah, he could be. I could see him just in like classic like Mozart suburban dad form, listening to just like the old Bach. like 80s like hair metal hits. You know, like dad yeah. radio. Some Van Halen. I don't think he'd have much fun, but, like, I feel like that's what... Like, when he's, yeah. like, talking about Mac and Mash and being real dad, I feel like he'd be <laughs> listening to, like, the good old, like, 80s, like, yeah. hit station. He also, like, wants to be really manly, so maybe he's listening to, like, macho, macho man. <laughs> I want to be... Yeah, he's doing that. I don't think In he, his trailer. I don't think he's cool with village people. They're, like, the gayest band ever. Oh, that's... Well, he should be cool with it. I mean, well, I don't think he's openly cool with it. I get, I, I bet you're publicly. right though. I bet like before his like motel hookups, he's probably listening to like Macho Man, yeah, getting a little getting, getting his amps. gay on. Or Eye of the Tiger. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I gotta get in the zone. Well, the only other cool quarantine content I have is that Maud, who's just so adorable, which we haven't watched her show either. We've just had a lot on our plates with our podcast, but she's having great times with her cat. She posted a cute Instagram today that was like, it's Catterday, which 100% we're here for. I mean, I really wish her cat could meet Meatball. What's her cat's name? Do we know? What's her cat's name? Yeah, do we know? Fuck. Not that it's important. I was just. Curious. It is important. What do you mean it's not important? I mean, I guess it's very important. It's right. so sorry. important. Not that they ever answer to it. But... I mean, think about Meatball. If he wasn't named Meatball, like that would suck. Yeah, true. How do you say say his name in different languages again? Meatball. Um, his name Spanish. in Spanish is Albondiga. Albondiga. Um, in Italian, it's Polpetta. And oh, little Polpetta. Little Polpetta. And in Japanese, it's Mitoboru. Mitoboru. That's my favorite, that's I all think. I, that's all I know. Just oh, those three. Cute. Well, we'll find out her cat's name, because that is really important. True. Okay. Well, that's all I have for quarantine content, but what a wild week for our cast members. Wild a indeed. wild week. Everyone is handling quarantine differently, and it's very, been very fun to watch. differently. Yeah, <laughs> I would love to see their group chats. You know, they have one going on during quarantine. You think? One, yes, because one thing I will mention is they're all very like it's cute. They're all very supportive of one another on Instagram. The minute someone posts something, you just see like flooding in a comment from every single person on the cast, being like, "Okay, boo, I see you." Like, okay, like quarantine Classic. baby. Like, they're all like. Really really funny classic yeah so i love that they're, they're a very like close family type crew so i feel like it's just fun so they they definitely have a group text going on during quarantine i guarantee it like i bet zendaya is sending them shrek memes all week long mm, yes <laughs> good well without further ado i think it's time to get euphoric and just start into the last episode of the season the last one episode boy, eight which is titled and salt the earth behind you. Is that right? Yep. Yep. That's right. Um, Explain to our listeners, because I, honest to God, like, I, I still, I, you've told me now a couple times what this means, and I still don't know what it means. I only know because I'm a big history nerd, but it's a, it's a term that's related to ancient warfare, which was basically, like, if you beat somebody at war, and you really wanted to be like, fuck you, like, it was a real personal, like... Battle. you hated them more mm-hmm. you would go around all their fields and all their land and put throw salt on it because that like basically like Bucks that makes land. the earth barren like nothing can grow when the land's just fucking covered in salt God. um you so, know what's funny 
then they can't was... like rebuild their civilization there so if you like uh... like the classic one is like rome and carthage like when rome like finally like raised carthage to the ground they did wiped out the city and then they salted the earth so that they could never mm. like rebuild Carthage there and like come back to like fuck up Rome. It was like Damn. you're done. Like, the ultimate this is revenge. It. Like, yeah. The ultimate fuck you. Don't you. Exist. you can't ever build this city here again. That's cool. Then that I like that they use that as the title then because I know we were a little bothered by like the hip hop songs like ending, but I think for the finale that's a great one because she also directly quotes that later on when her and Rue are on the steps. Did you know that? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, for sure. And it's when I think it's when Jules is talking about Nate being a fuck and her being like, "I'm glad." No, like... it's when they're talking about town. Rue is like, "I want to burn this town oh, down," and you're then right. Jules is like, "Yeah, and salt, salt the, the earth, earth behind, behind you." you. Like, so you know what? I'm town. so stupid. Before we really, do, you know, did the deep dive and started our podcast, I always thought, <laughs> I always thought the title, which makes no sense. I thought it meant when you throw salt behind you, and it's like for good luck. Huh. It doesn't yeah. match anything, but That's I just thought, I mean, oh, that makes, I guess that could, I'm like, that maybe could for sense. like the future, like, Rue's like, oh, like, yeah, I hope yeah, I'm not yeah. an addict and like throw a salt behind her back. <laughs> like Jules That's is funny. like, oh man, I hope Anna, you know, fucks off yeah. the salt. I was on Wikipedia the other day and saw something really funny where um, for each episode they list like the title and then mm-hmm. it says what hip hop song it's referencing. And for episode seven, the trials of tribulations of trying to pee while you're depressed or whatever, wikipedia lists that as a reference to an album called trials and tribulations by some like obscure rap artist that's on dj khaled's label that i'd never heard of before and i was like there is no way the title of that episode is a reference to this dj DJ khaled Khaled. like signed artist like album from like a couple years ago the music's too good and the curation of everything is way too like superior for i feel like we need a citation for that on wikipedia because i don't buy it Maybe, would you be so embarrassed if it is? Maybe we should, like, do a little more digging. I don't, I don't buy it. Well, but then we we'll have see. this great opening scene, which I actually love. I think Rue's so cute in this. It's, like, her in the hospital, she's, like, living her best life. And she kind of goes into how, like, for her, a hospital is, like, a safe haven. It's like, like it's vacation. Literally a vacation. It's, like, throw your cares away. Throw the salt behind you, if you will. <laughs> she, she gets to just like enjoy there's no pressure there's no outside world like interference it's like everyone's waiting on her hand and foot and yeah. i was telling alex i weirdly like it's not like easy for me to admit this but i can relate to ruin a lot of ways and this is one i can because i think similar to me in my personal life some people like their way of coping is like not allowing anyone to help you so when you're like in a situation where you're being forced to like be helped and like having everyone help you it does feel really good Mm -hmm. so i get that like i I don't think she means like oh i like love a hospital i want to live here for life it's more of just like it's a really nice like breather like it's like oh like I'm being helped, and it's... You're forced to relax, and you're forced to allow people to, like, age you and yeah. wait on you and stuff. So I can I can see it, like, in her circumstance why that's the yeah, case. Yeah, it's comforting. I would be miserable. I fucking hate a hospital, but, you know. I know, and it's I weird. It. I don't like a hospital, though. Like, it's weird for me. I, I just mean more I understand, like, I like when I'm sick and, like, someone's taking care of me. Like, I don't like being sick. Right. But I like the feeling it's comforting. Yeah. It's also kind of like uh, kind of like quarantine. She's basically like, yeah. I have nothing to do. I have no responsibilities. Like, yeah. I just, like, fucking kick it and walk around in my underwear and eat Jell-O and watch Judge Judy. Yeah, so, and let my life, like, kind of waste away and it I doesn't matter. I can kind of relate right now. <laughs> yeah, I think everyone can relate to Rue right now. Yeah. Also, 
sadly, not that I like to admit this, but it's also a really easy gateway for her to have access to drugs. Not that easy because the doctor, well, like, she tries. catches her. She does her best to try, but Rue's a pretty bad actor. So her, uh, her whole yeah. shtick about... Uh, yeah, like, I think they gave me this one drug, like, whatever. Rockaset? Rock, she literally says rock, rock, rock is I think it it's Rockaset? Um, which I looked up, I didn't know what that was, but it's just yeah. like a, it's a combination of like oxy and acetaminophen. Oh, great. Um, Very casual. Yeah, but, but Rue does her best to get some drugs, which is a bummer because she's been sober for so long, but the doctors luckily are not completely incompetent and catch that, so she doesn't get her drugs. Thank God. I know, I like how they're like, well, your mom says you have a long history of drug abuse, so that's going to yeah. be a no. And they just give her, like, Tylenol. Like, <laughs> yeah. But also, you know what does suck is, like, that really would be shitty if you were in pain. If, like, you had an addiction and they literally wouldn't give you drugs. Like, that would fucking suck. I think she's fine. Sorry, sweaty. I know. She's, she's fine. fine. She's doing great. And then she asks for uh, Vicodin, too, I think, or I don't yeah. know. Yeah. She's like, how about Vicodin? Like, can I still get that? And they're just like, nah, dude. She's, well, that's what, that's what they offer her first. And yeah. And she's like, oh, well, there's this other one. Yeah, like a stronger one. Yeah, she tries to get the, <laughs> the good good. And then, and then she, they don't even give her the Vicodin. It's like you blew it. You could yeah. have at least gotten a Vicodin out of it. I don't know. They fucked up offering her that in the first place. Alex digs Vicodin. I've never tried it. I don't really like like to... I don't really like to promote people trying any painkillers for fun, but you might have a different side to it. No. I mean, I would never, ever promote that. Like, no. No. Not promote, but you know what I mean. Like, I, I'd be pretty pissed if we had a kid and I found out they were like stealing a painkillers are like mega addictive. Yeah, um, no so bueno. Don't do painkillers. No, but yeah, it makes sense why she'd be like tempted. I mean, you're in a hospital; they're everywhere. Anything else about the hospital that you found interesting? I mean, her comparing sitting in a hospital bed to lounging in a pool chair, that's where I kind of drew the line. I was like, okay, like, no. <laughs> the yeah. sound of beeping and, like, the warm, like, gross, I overused know. air draft, that's not the same as, like, being in the Maldives on a lounge I chair know. by the ocean. Rue's kind of fucked up, though. Like, she's had I a know. gnarly life, and this is what passes for a vacation for her, which so is a sad. bummer, but there you have it. There she, you have it. she likes a couple of days in the hospital. Yeah. We should make a meme, maybe, of her laying in the hospital bed as Shrek. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so then we get this really cute scene of Rue and Jules. They're getting ready for prom. What a big night high school prom is. I mean... <laughs> Going to prom together. Not for me, but for You many still had people. a... Okay, that was the first time you drank. I did drink for the first time. Like, not... It wasn't the first first time. It was the first time with people. With people, I like, drank for the first time with people um, after prom. I did which not, was fun. I, I did not fun drink time. at my prom. But sorry, sweaty. Anyways, we won't get too far into that because we might in another episode maybe touch on our high school. Yeah, moments. stay tuned for an episode on high school experience. High school Paige and high yeah. school Alex. Very different. <laughs> Very different. Could not be more different. <laughs> but they're getting ready for prom, and it's cute. I mean, it is cute because they're kind of reunited. And also, I forgot to mention in the hospital that it is kind of like a sincere moment where you can tell Jules is feeling. We already know she's overwhelmed by the fact that Rue like is depending on her a lot, but like. Now I'm kind of at the point where I am a little bit empathetic toward Jules because I'm like, yeah, that would fucking suck. Like, you, like, care about someone, you love them, and they're in the hospital, and you know it's because, like, you went away for just a weekend. Like, that's a lot of pressure a lot to take on. on a high schooler. Yeah. 
Jules so, is kind of a mixed bag in this episode, but she's these are some times when she's being really good. Yeah. She's being real nice to her in the hospital, and then when they're getting ready, she's saying she looks fucking amazing. She's and stuff. cute. She's doing her makeup, and I think yeah. she has a lot of regret for like things that she's done. And she, yeah. I don't know. And she opens up to her about Nate, so she's a little more like back to like good jewels in this moment. Yeah, we see the good jewels at the beginning. Yes, it won't be that way the whole episode. But... No, but they're getting ready, and she honestly... also makes a joke about how Rue dresses like Seth Rogen, which. Yeah. Is so accurate. And it's funny. so accurate. I laughed out loud the first time I watched that because I was like, I was always kind of trying to finger point it's what she dressed funny like. Line. It's perfect. When she's, when I wonder she's how Seth doing, Rogen like... feels about that. <laughs> I mean, he knows what's up. I know he's so fucking funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also in that scene, there's a part where Jules is like, oh, like I have to tell you about Anna, and like, look at this, like she bit uh-huh. me. Oh, this is the bad viral. side of Jules. Jules is like, you would die for Anna. Like, um, no, Rue would not die, die for, for Anna. Anna, Anna Rue would is probably so boring. Bye, Anna. Anna. Anna's in LA. She's not relevant. She's not in high yeah. school. Who cares? And also, like, to be fair, they don't even show enough of Anna where you're convinced. Like, I know I just naturally hate Anna, and, like, that kind of, like, makes it biased. But also, they don't give us anything about her personality that would be like, wow, like, Rue should be so excited about meeting right. Anna. Like, and Jules no. is just going on and on. It's like, get a clue. Rue doesn't want to be hear about your fucking lover from L.A. No. Like, come Ooh. on. And she's not her lover. It's like, you literally get went a, to a club, a get, rave with her. Get a clue, Jules. It's she's just immature. pretty insensitive and kind yeah. of immature here and shit. Yeah, like, and she might not be aware of it because she's pretty naive and kind of immature, but also just whatever. And then we get this great, great scene. Probably, weirdly, one of my favorite scenes when Nate's in a chair, lit on fire. Uh, so cathartic. It's great, but it's also like they're both dressed so well. Their makeup's amazing. I mean, Jules' like eye things are so cool, mm-hmm. badass, and like her long net shirt. Shit, I just remembered something I forgot to tell you about before this episode what? that I got to tell you about right now. Okay. So the other day they were selling Euphoria scripts on Etsy or something like to raise Shit, money. What? And one of and people have that you have didn't been tell buying me them. This? I just found this out today. Oh. And I meant to tell you this and I forgot, but people have been like posting them online and stuff. Yeah. And in in some early scripts, the show opens with Rue being with Nate's funeral and Rue being like, I killed him. What? They're like at the school and they're having Nate's funeral on the football field and Rue is in the bleachers and oh she's like tell, saying all this state, stuff about Nate and then she's like, and yeah, I killed him. Oh my and God. Rue like fucking murdered Nate. So early versions of the euphoria script wow how'd it be like that so you know maybe Damn. season two we'll see the culmination of that maybe that's really me. interesting i want to look at that after yeah, this i totally forgot about that so right now no, that's great that's crazy that would be weird but yeah like i love It'd it what great. did she say she's like you're a fucking pussy or something she's like yeah like he's a fucking pussy that's what jules says yeah. and they like shoot him like five or six yeah, he's times on fire and they just like <laughs> empty a clip into him it's great it's really just like a very empowering scene for rue and jules together and i mm-hmm. really love it yeah and um, then we get rhythm of the night by debarge yeah classic great 80s like boy bandish group it's kind of the perfect, like, I love it. 80s prom song. Like, it's a good song. You know, it's a song you might play when you're getting ready for prom. The bars are great. <laughs> I doubt many of the kids these days are I know, playing I'm that. I'm kidding. I'm, like, imagining what they're really listening to. It's definitely, like, DJ Khaled and fucking Post Ooh. Malone. Well, but, yeah. Post Malone's okay. Yeah, I didn't mean that in a negative way. DJ I just mean, Khaled, that's what the kids though. are listening to. The yeah. kids. I'm <laughs> meaning our age. But anyways, so then we get the intro card, really simple, and then we go right to the church, and her mother's reading this, like, super, super raw, emotional letter, 
Mm-hmm. And I guess your assumption was this is kind of like a a mock funeral. Yeah, I mean, this scene can be read. It's not super clear what this scene is. Um, yeah, it's not. The way really. I read this scene was that this was a like mock funeral as part of Rue's rehab because that happens in the world. They like put on these very dramatic like fake funerals where it's like take look at this like this is what it would be like if you overdose like look at your family they're all weeping they're giving speeches like here's the coffin and shit like imagine it or like sometimes they even have people get in the coffin and they're like imagine this shit like that's that's part of some drug like treatments um so i initially thought this scene i mean i still think this scene is probably part of that but it's pretty unclear what it is rue is sitting apart from her family yeah like gia's on the other end crying gia's crying so it kind of would explain why Rue wasn't, like, sitting with her family. Mm-hmm. Um, but also Rue's not really looking, like, super reactive to what's happening. She so. is. She looks sad to me. She's, she like, holding back tears. But... For me, um, I told Alex this earlier. I, before, my very first time watching Euphoria, I immediately was like, fuck, this is her funeral, and she's not really there. And she's, like, a ghost. Yeah. Or not, like, you know, when, I, when you say ghost, it sounds stupid, but I literally did think that. I was like, mm-hmm. fuck, we're going to lose Rue, because... To me, it's like, man, it was so emotional that I was like, there's no way this is fucking fake. But also, like, that was my very first time watching it. And then we'll get into it later. But, like, it was then even more confirmed when I saw the end scene because I literally thought Rue died. So I was like, shit, that was, like, her funeral. And I still think it is pretty ambiguous what this scene is. Well, you were saying Ali wasn't there, which is weird. Not that he wasn't there. It was weird. But, like, it is strange that, like, they don't even, like, pan to him or anything. Or wouldn't he be there? Why would he be there? Oh, never mind. I always think it's the AA group. But you're saying this is right when she gets out of rehab. I was thinking this was part of her rehab program. Got it, got it, got like it. Like, part of Sorry, rehab. I fucked up. I thought, like, it was her little, like, AA uh, group reenacting, like, a funeral. And then no. they, it's like, invite your parent to AA day. Right. No, I don't think you do that in <laughs> Do they do that? But that does <laughs> bring up really an awkward. interesting point about Ali, which is that he kind of gets dropped as a character. He's A, a little bit, He's yeah. a great character, and they bring him in, and he teaches Rue an important lesson. Um, but to about... be fair, when would they have really like brought him in in the next two episodes? They don't really ever go well, back to Well, he could have AA. continued to be like a mentor figure to Rue. Yeah, um, like checking in before prom. I mean, yeah, there's putting a lot, her corsage there's a lot on her of, wrist. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of ways he could have continued to be this like mentor slash like father yeah. figure to her. She could have invited him over for dinner. And they kind of drop him, which is kind of a bummer because I really like Ollie. She could have hooked him up with the mom. Yeah. Oh my knows? god, I mean, Ollie could be her father. Oh my god. <laughs> Maybe Ali, I mean, we still, it's hard to say whether Ali's a ghost or not because he kind of gets dropped. I, I don't think he is at all, but like. Yeah, I know what you mean. In though. rewatching the season, I thought he was in it more. And then I was like, yeah, he really does. Uh, Just kind of disappear. I hope we see some more Ali in season two because I like him. But he does serve the purpose of teaching Rue the very important lesson that Jules is kind of like her new drug. And that's yes. pretty, that's it's a pretty, pretty important moment in the show. Yeah. Rue like realizing that. Totally. So he does And maybe he will be in season two and we can kind of talk about it then because i now that i'm my thoughts are brewing now i'm like Mm. he'll probably be a heavy presence in season two if she indeed did relapse at the end of this episode spoiler alert but you all should have already seen the show i mean come on don't listen to this if you haven't watched the finale all the way through we shall see so then we transition really into a montage of so many different things happening at prom and honestly Mm -hmm. i was telling alex this episode was hard for us to kind of like bullet point what we wanted to talk about because it hops around so much so we kind of just like 
we're not like necessarily going in chronological order because this hops around no, so much. We're just but... gonna jump through a lot of the prom shit. And yeah, kinda, but I really like this episode. Broadly cover prom. I absolutely. This might be my favorite. I think it is my favorite episode, and I do actually love that it does that. I like that it's so fast paced, and like you're just getting so many different character stories and i will just really quickly say this i listened to like a sam levison interview and it kind of aligned with what i love about euphoria and it stuck with me which is that he said euphoria is such a great show because you do deeply care about each character meaning like you're you're wanting to know like that they're you have empathy to each character even if you don't like them i know you won't agree but for me it resonated because i'm like yes like Every character except for Nate, and even sometimes, it's very, 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 like, few times, but there are some small times, like, when Nate's hitting his head on the ground later we talk about, yeah. where I do feel a little bit of empathy. So I like that, like, it's true. There, It's very rare I've watched a television show where I deeply care for each character to the point where I'm like, I really want to know, like, what happens to them. Like, I want to know, mm-hmm. like... You're, like, worried about them, in other words. Even if you don't like them, you're, like, almost stressed. You're, like, I just want to know that they're, like, <laughs> they're alive and, like, they're doing okay, I guess. Like, I don't know. For me, that resonated and I thought that was interesting because I've never had that in a show. I, yeah. It's usually, like, I hate people. I love people. That's it. That scene is interesting, the head-hitting one, because it's um, it's well-acted and it's a super intense scene, but mm-hmm. it does kind of come across a little bit like a last-ditch effort to, like, give you a little empathy yes. for Nate. It's a little, it feels a little manipulative in that way where it's like, yeah, hold up, you've hated this guy the whole season, he's been a piece of shit, but in the last episode, we're going to give you, you might this feel one a little scene, bad. now you're going to feel bad for him. <laughs> oh, oh. Totally. But, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I just thought hard, that was an interesting, It's like, hard thought. not to feel bad for the guy after that scene, but, like, still, fuck him. Yeah, I was just curious if, like, other followers or fans felt the same way, because I definitely feel that way. I almost, like, like you said, it's, like, hard to hate characters. Like, you they care about them. They keep you pretty invested in the character storylines, regardless mm-hmm. of whether you like them or not. Like, a good, yes. I think a good example is uh, McKay. Like, yeah. I don't, we obviously are not huge fans of McKay, but like no. he still is an interesting character and you're still invested in his storyline. Yeah, like you want to know what happened and how he's affected from the weird rapey scene. Yeah, which is interesting because he does not show up at all in this episode. We get zero McKay. Zero in McKay. Episode eight. That does kind of suck because it's like the finale. The weird thing it. about that too is he's listed very prominently in the credits, but he's not in the episode. Interesting. He's like top five in the credits for this episode. Weird. I mean, but maybe does that. not maybe he... appear. No, Wonder why that is. That's interesting. I never thought of that. Well, so yeah, we're gonna get right into prom. So prom's crazy. The first of all, the whole scene setup for prom is so great. I love the school. I love the coloring. I love the stars. I I just love it. I think it's so like. I don't know. I feel like prom can be so whatever. Like, my prom was like, eh, wah, wah, wah. Like, not yeah. that cool. So yeah. I kind of liked it. It was so euphoric, if you will. I, I just, I don't know. I loved the way they shot it. I liked Even it. their prom, though, is a little bit of a, a little bit Yeah, but do you know what I mean? It's Aesthetically, the... it's very pleasing. Like, it's yeah. very euphoria. It looks nice, but in terms of, like, epicness, yeah. it doesn't really approach, like, Halloween or the party from the first episode. No. In terms of being, like, a significant A real event. rager. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I just liked, like, the look of it. It was very, like, oh, like, when they're mm. first walking in, I love that scene of Rue and Jules, like, kind of, like, looking at each other and looking up, like, all excited. It's just, like, cute because yeah. it's, like, it's prom. And, and pre-prom we get Rue and Jules uh, doing their photos and their parents are yes. hanging out together <laughs> drinking wine and that making jokes about the hard so alcohol funny that's so funny and then like Rue like pretends to like shoot up yeah Rue's like, like don't worry I'm not triggered it's okay like, it's just hilarious it's to see their reactions cause like her mom's date what is it Rick 
Rick. Rick. He's just kind of like nervous. Like, <laughs> and then Jules is like, oh my god. Like, Rue, what are you doing? <laughs> but it's funny. Wait, Rick now? No, the Rick that the mom's dating. Is that his name? Yeah. Yeah, I'm saying like he was right there when she was like, oh, don't worry, I'm not triggered. Like, ah! Oh, like, Rick was just kind of like, oh my no, god. No, that's Jules' dad. Rick's not in this episode. Yeah, he is. No, it's not her dad. Her dad's dad, baby. No, Jules' dad. Oh. That's Jules' dad and Rue's mom hanging out before they go to prom. Oh my god. It's not Rick. Oh my god. I thought you were saying it was Rue's dad. I was like, oh my god. No, no, no. It's Got Jules' it. dad. Got it. They're like hanging out pre-prom. Well, I fucked up. Like, oh, that's cute. Drinks. That's even better. I know. That's why I like that scene. Damn. They're like hanging out, making Maybe jokes. Getting, they're getting to know each other. Dude, that would suck if they did it. That would ruin everything. Well, I know. That would be, especially if Rue and Jules like have a big falling out. Oh, and man. then you get the, the parents dating. Who knows? They well, had a little chemistry. They were having some drinks. Having I guess. I mean, I, I feel so stupid now. I thought it was Rick. I don't know why. Anyways, prom montage. Here we go. Lots of stuff going on. We'll we'll talk you know their outfits later or maybe we'll talk about them now I don't know I absolutely adore Maddie's dress I would just die to wear that in my high school prom that was my favorite I mean they all they all really look great I think so I think yeah I would agree for the most part They're, they show I up think, yeah they sit at their round table mm-hmm. and we get this instant kind of like heart to heart discussion of peaking in high school. Yeah, they have a lot of, there's a couple discussions in this episode about the nature of high school um, that are that are good and kind of reflect the different opinions on it. Uh, yeah. And we've got... Cassie's uh, is the most, we were saying like Cassie and Lexi's were the most accurate and Jules a little bit. Yeah, uh, we get uh, we get Cassie and Lexi getting ready for prom too. Mm-hmm. Um, and Cassie has really cool angel lamps. Mm. Um, yeah, so then, it's on her like a... What do you call it? So like, like her, her cosmetic vanity. table, her vanity. Yeah, her vanity. yeah, they're so cool. If you, if any of you Euphorians rewatch, you have to look. Like her little side lamps are so dope. Cool. They're yeah. really cool. They're fucking cool. And then the mom sends them off to prom. They're at the table with everyone. Um, and yeah, Cassie kind of has the. She's of the opinion that high school is kind of like the last great moment of no responsibility and fun. And then from there on, it's like Life bills sucks. and boring husbands and houses and all this shit. Um, and then Jules is very much of the opposite opinion, which is that high school is this very like suffocating place where it's hard to be yourself and yep. there's all these like bullshit standards and it's very oppressive. And then once you're out of high school, it's like, this woof! world is opened up and you have so much like possibility and there's so much you can do with your life. And you know what? I just thought of this, but we will absolutely revisit this when we do our little like Paige and Alex high school episode because I have a lot of thoughts about it, but I don't know if I want to like dive in now. But like I, I'm, I'm a little more on Cassie's side, but I know you're probably more Jules. I'm on the Jules Because side. of our high school experiences though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think it also probably relates to whether you're a person that peaked in high school or a person that peaked out of high school. Like I think you could generally say that people that are high school peakers are of the mindset that like this is the this is it. This is it. The rest yeah, is all last downhill. Time to shine. Whereas the people that are like non high school peakers are the ones who are like, just get me the fuck out of high school. Yeah, like, I, don't I give can't a shit. wait to be out of here. Everything is about to get so much better the second totally. I leave this place. I feel that. So they all have this like great discussion. Um, honestly, we were saying that like in this moment, Maddie's kind of a bitch. Like they all kind of go around and like talk about where they're at in life. And Rue's mm-hmm. like, uh, like, I don't know, like 
or I don't know what she says, but she says something. And then Jules is like, oh, but you've been sober for three months. Like, be stoked about that. And then Maddie's like, but weren't you in rehab like six months ago? It's like, shut yeah, up. Yeah, and she's like, there were three months when I thought you were dead. Like, she's being a real bitch to Rue, which is totally unwarranted. Yeah, and like, weird. It's like, why at prom would you bring up Rue almost dying? Yeah. Just not you know the right what? time or place. Nate Jacobs, which is worse than going to rehab. Exactly. So You're it like was... the last one that gets to talk. Maddie also, did she, not look good in There's that no moment. real, like, makeup between Kat and Maddie either they mm-hmm. kind of just they're like they kind of eye each other across the table acting like it's cool but like there was no real like conclusion no. to their drama from the last episode either no closure at all we don't know if they're good or not yeah, fuck Maddie being so then, mean to rude yeah so. like who's mean to rude whack. to start so whack and then Jules phone is fi- oh wait no first uh, justice for BB. What the actual fuck? Why is Where BB the not fuck at the table? Is BB? Where is Julian Janice? She was she was <laughs> invited to the dramatic abortion sit down, but she doesn't get invited to the prom table. I like know. what the hell? I don't understand. And it's, it's not upsetting. like it's a like oh she didn't have anyone to go with because almost all of them are there alone. So this isn't like oh she didn't have a date or something. Like, no. And honestly, cool? maybe she's too cool for prom, but she doesn't maybe. seem like it. She's like the life of the party though. I was like, damn. She seems like she Where's BB at show? though? And I, uh-huh. I would love to have seen BB's prom outfit. I'm pissed. I think she would have worn like an oversized motorbike jersey oh with God. like lace up like high heeled boots and like an updo. No, she'd probably be in like a really like skanky dress. Yeah, the but real, like in a good like, way. The real like skanky like prom dress that's like a real huge tiny. slit and like, uh-huh. yeah. Cool. Well, yeah. you know what? Justice for BB. And honestly, like, I want to know why she wasn't inserted in the finale. There's no justice there. Well, other than that, at prom, there's a couple of other things that happen. Do you want to talk about Kat and Ethan's little rendezvous? Yeah, Kat. So uh, sweet. Kat kind of makes it makes it good with Ethan. Um, well, I think it's because they're all talking about life and like it kind of like hits her like, fuck, I need to make a move because she gets up and she fucking darts. Like she doesn't say yeah. like, hey, guys, I'll be back. She just like beelines well, it. Well, pre-prom too, we see Kat with her mom and she's putting on her oh. outfit and she's feeling like not the hottest, um, which, which I, is sad. It's but so I think shitty. Overall, this whole episode, Kat's really like, she's feeling the heat. She's kind of like having the... She's having the breakdown. Everything's also, been wild for Kat. She's had some crazy weeks. She's totally. been banging. She went from banging McLovin to like online twerking for money and like not that long. She's been a, a real bitch to Ethan, who's just been like sweet boy. So now she's kind of like it's all coming to a head. It's all. It's a lot. She's feeling not great about herself. And it's stuff. also so sad. She's gotta come back to it. You it's know? also sad because. I watched also another interview of all the cast like talking about how it was to like film their character and she like got super emotional like almost started crying she was like I like I don't relate to cat meaning like I had pay pigs and I had all this stuff going on but I know what it's like to like put on a dress and feel like shit and, you like, didn't have pay pigs <laughs> not everybody me. had pay I'm saying pigs. Kat. but yeah like she was just saying that like filming that was really tough because it was almost in a way like therapeutic like she was literally like reliving like her mm. actual high school life so she was like when I was like crying in the closet for instance like putting on that dress like that wasn't like me having to really work up for that scene it like literally felt like I was reenacting like growing up being right. a teenager especially her being in the limelight she has like a family of hollywood actors and actresses right. 
So I don't know. I just thought like, oh, that made me like kind of even more. I already have so much empathy for Kat, but like it's cool that like she was able to like project the realness of it. It's not just like phony. It's like mm-hmm. she really went through that in her real life, and then it just yeah. shows. And Kat's obviously at her realist in this episode. Yeah. Um. So yeah, she I heard Ethan kiss, and it's so cute. Yeah, she goes over to Ethan. He's real sweet. He says he's, he's so gonna, forgiving. He's too. gonna try really hard to not be the one to break her heart. <laughs> High school yeah. love. It's uh, really cute, though. Yeah, it's it's cute, too, because she, like, totally is vulnerable. And, and then all just... the girls are like, woo. Yeah, and Lexi, Lexi yells something, and Cassie's like, oh, my God. Like, Lexi, I love you. She's just drunk and is, like, hooting and hollering. Yeah. We love Lexi in this. Yeah, I love drunk Lexi. She's great. She's fucking hilarious. We love Lexi all the time, but, yeah, drunk Lexi drunk is Lexi's really fun. Great. I want to see more drunk Lexi. She also reminds me the most of me. She's very, like... Goofy. Very... Like, she's a goofy drunk, but she's very rational and, like high school is bullshit which is mm-hmm. how i was like i had no fun in high school because i hated everyone i thought it was all a bunch of dramatic bullshit and i like didn't have any fun because of it and that feels pretty close to how lexi is in these episodes she's like this is all like so dramatic none yeah. of this matters this is also like, like silly funny. so love she doesn't take lexi. it too seriously is there anything oh so then you know we get jules phone buzzing off the fucking hook and guess who it is stinky anna stupid stank ass anna like fuck off she's at her prom leave her alone she's like i miss you i bet you wish you were here it's like oh my fucking god whatever jules runs away to the bathroom to text her yeah it's just kind of a silly like i don't even really need to go into it that much like she rue goes after her to find her and rue kind of goes in the stall with her and i think jules is like hoping this will work i almost feel like jules does this on purpose so that she so that rue will be like where's jules oh my god i gotta go find her and she knew that Ruse was going to end up there because when she goes in the stall, Jules is all like seductive and I'm like, oh, like almost like I knew you'd yeah. be here. I think Jules like this whole episode now that she's kind of seen this this world and this life. I think she's kind of trying to goad Rue into like being about that life. Like she's like, yeah. have you ever been bitten? Like, would you like it? And Rue's like not feeling it. And then she's doing the same thing here. She's like mm-hmm. she's trying like, to I would love it Rue if you made out like, with be me aggressive and kiss her and stuff. Basically, like wanting she it almost feels like she's wanting rue to like be anna and trying yeah. to get her to like conform to these behaviors and do these things and it's not who it's rue not, is no. so it's not working and like it's also not why rue. she loves rue which just sucks like as a friend right. like if you were to remove the romance factor it's like if rue acted like that you guys wouldn't even be best friends right those aren't the things that she ever loved about rue no. and it's uh but good for rue because rue has like wanted jules forever and jules is basically like make out with me and rue is being true to herself and is like this isn't really like it like this yeah, isn't how i right. want it, it doesn't in a feel stall, right like, like it's not really like me or us in a but... stinky high school like oh, poop filled yeah. oh, tampon you know girls like bathroom rank in there there's people Ooh. having dranky poops and drug poops and ugh. yeah tuna salad for sure and, like way too much perfume and shit yeah oh bad oh i can't even talk that about it, it makes me sick stank. so other than that is there anything else like within prom that you want to talk about because um, now we're gonna skip to Nate and Maddie hooking up, unless you have anything else that you thought was a significant within, like, the prom montage, if you will. Because, like we, we said, uh, it skips around so yeah. much. What but... do we think about everyone's outfits? So, I already said I love Maddie. Adore it. Like, I literally die for it. I love the earrings. I love the, the little, like, half veil. I just think it's so hot, so different, and she looks just fabulous. Um, Cassie, you liked, because she's very, like, natural... 
Yeah, I think Cassie goes with, like, the very natural look. Like, mm-hmm. she's just kind of in, like, a pale pink or something. She yep. doesn't really have any makeup on. Very, and like, I told minimal. you, they did that intentional. It's supposed to be, like, right. her being very pure. It's like she just went through this really traumatic event of, like, the abortion. So, like, right. I, they did that intentionally to kind of, like, show that she's a little more confident. Yeah, and she's very, kind of, like, the whole, like, virginal, natural thing kind of plays with mm-hmm. the episode. Because now she's had the abortion. McKay's not in the episode at all. She's very, like... Non-sexualized. She's not like attached to men in this episode. Totally. Um, And I love Kat's outfit. I mean, it's very fitting for her character. Um, I know she didn't feel her best, but like she's certainly. I know you. Other than the hair, and I I agree with you now that you've told me about it. But I think overall, like her makeup's great. I love the look. I think she should have walked in feeling really confident. It's a bummer she didn't because I thought she looked great. Yeah, I like I like the dress. Like I think it totally works. It's like her style, um, but it's kind of cool. It's mm-hmm. working. It's flattering. But oh man, I feel so bad for her because they gave her this haircut <laughs> that is <laughs> just horrendous. And immediately when I saw it, I was like, oh my god, I knew exactly what it reminded me of. And if you've ever seen the '80s Conan the Barbarian with Arnold Schwarzenegger. There's three characters who are villains that just have the exact same haircut as her. And I pulled up a picture <laughs> of it earlier, me. and it is the exact same haircut. It's so I funny. just immediately was like, oh my god, she has the barbarian haircut. Like, it is Poor not cat. flattering. That's not her fault. And her hair's looked great in other episodes of the season. I don't know why they had to do her like that I with that off, the awful, like, bangs, like, almost mullet thing. Then we have Jules, which, weirdly... Not a fan. Not a fan at all. And I know that we are definitely the, you know, we're the opposing end on this because all of the followers and fans of Euphoria just adore her outfit. I was surprised by that. No shit. We obviously, like, stand for everything that, like, the symbol on the back of her shirt is super dope. It obviously stands for everything good, everything Jules is about. We're absolutely well, that's the best part of the outfit. I mean, that part totally works. The but clear I'm saying, trench. That's not the, what we're being critical. Right. The clear like, trench with the symbol on the back is great. It's political. It looks cool. That yeah. totally works. It's the rest of it that I'm like, oof. Like I don't know why the, the two black hair. The black hair so only ugly. in the front, like a skunk or something, is like <laughs> not working at all. No, like, it's just not the a whole, look. The thing under the trench coat, like none of it really like works, no. and it's kind of shocking because Jules could have put together such, such a, a strong bomb look. Outfit. And even that trench could have, the like the jacket could have gone with so much. I was thinking honestly, the hair is what throws it off the most. I really, yeah, I don't even necessarily Why? hate what she's wearing underneath. I just hate the hair. The hair. You're bad. so the distracted by the skunk hair yeah. that you don't even see the outfit. That's yeah. how I feel. Yeah, not a fan. And the makeup isn't bad, but it doesn't match anything. It's just kind of. It just yeah. doesn't click for me. Agree. Not here for it. And then Rue, I think Rue looks beautiful. Rue I really looks great. do. Yeah. Rue... I really think she's simple, but like very euphoria with the glitter mm-hmm. and the stars. Classic it's... theme of this show. Rue is dressed way better than anyone gives her credit for. Including really here. It. She looks great. That's yeah. it for everyone. And Jules dressed her. So Jules did a good job dressing Rue. She just yeah. kind of. She kind of forgot about her herself. Well, what about Lexi? She's dressed oh, very, Lexi. very simply, but she looks like very but high she school. She looks how cute. you would look. Yeah, she looks prom. like an accurate high schooler. They did prom. a good job. She looks cute. And her mom's like, you look beautiful, which I love that part because you always hear the mom kind of like giving Cassie the compliments. I don't think it's on purpose, but we always mm-hmm. see her like, oh, my daughter, like beautiful. Yep. So I thought it was really cute because you could tell Lexi felt really confident and like happy walking down the stairs because her mom was like, you just look so beautiful. And Cassie kind of just like let her have the... Mm-hmm. 
the spotlight and like let her have that moment. Get it, Lexi. So then now we have Nate and Matt. Well, we're just going to talk about this incident because it happens like in between all this shit. Yeah, while they're doing the whole prom thing, they're intercutting to all these other like events that happened like concurrently or prior to prom. So Nate and Maddie are like hooking up. Well, they're not hooking up because Nate cannot get it up. Yeah, they're trying to trying to bang. And for some incredible reason, Nate has decided that he's going to lie about having a heart on. Yeah. Which is hilarious (laughs) because you can't lie about it. You just you You have a heart on or you don't. Maddie calls him on it. Yeah, Maddie's all, like, what do you mean you don't know? He's like, all pissy. And then he chokes her again. Yeah. Oh, I forgot crazy. that. Yeah, he is just fucking crazy. And he screams at her. And then she's not getting the prom uh-huh. invite after that. And you know what? Who gives a fuck? But then she leaves. And I love it. She's wearing this, like, two-piece, like, juicy couture-looking, like, outfit. Her eyes are, like, raccoon eyes from crying. Because the son fucking choked. <laughs> Cal's son fucking choked her yep. and she's like walking down the stairs and Cal has this like su- such an annoying little like exchange with her pretty much being like you're a distraction and like both of you aren't good for each other like he knows so much oh you're so wise Cal like go back to your fucking bedroom watch your porn yeah he tries to have this whole weird talk to like manip- like and Matt is not having it and not like <laughs> dating Nate anymore and she's just like god like your entire family it's is so, so fucking, fucking weird, weird. Which it's is great. the most accurate thing Maddie's ever said. Like, that family is so fucking weird. It is. And also, like, once again, back to just horrible parenting. Like, you're in high school and your son's just, like, fucking Maddie, like, loudly. Like, they when they fuck, it's like, the bed's, like, banging against the wall. Like, he's choking yeah. her. Like, this is a lot of noise. I don't care how big your house is. Yeah, like, weird. the door's shut. And then she leaves and the dad's not even, like, a li- like, at least act like you're mad that, like, you just heard them banging in the room. But, like, there's just no rules. It's like, oh, you're a junior no. in high school. That's Any- okay. Fuck in the bedroom. In it's the fine. Fucking Jacob's family. <laughs> but uh, she doesn't leave empty-handed because while well, Nate uh, is off showering after their hookup. Oh, she grabs She the sneaks over disc. to the book and finds a little something. something a little a bookmark. Little, a little disc, a little secret of uh, Cal's old hookup I'm with I'm so Jules. glad she did. So she snags that. Um, and we also see in that scene that Nate has a bunch of fucking Dallas Cowboys memorabilia. Like, <sighs> big surprise he's a Cowboys fan. It's the douchiest team you could be into other than the Patriots. Hey, I can't talk shit on them at all because my job, SeatGeek, we ticket for them. Don't make me in that position. Anyway, Don't put me in that position. Um, I love the Cowboys. But also while Nate is showering, God, his bathroom looks like a fucking serial killer's kill room. Like, you does. know how they talk about people having the kill room where it's just like, of empty like room that you can like spray down so you can get rid of all the blood like yeah it's bad Nate's bathroom is a fucking kill room it's terrifying it's really i could bad. never be in there and be comfortable no it's absolutely bad. not so what's nice about the finale is we do get a little bit of like a wrap-up on cassie's episode before this which is that her mom takes her her and lexi actually go with mm-hmm. her which is really sweet but she has to go through, like, the trauma of getting an abortion, which obviously is a very heavy topic. It's not, like, a super light thing that you can just brush under the rug. But, I mean, I was telling Alex earlier, I mean, for any woman, this is absolutely traumatizing. But also, I think they do a good job of really showing, like, the nitty-grittiness of having to, like, go into an abortion clinic. Like, just going through the process, they make it very realistic versus, like, oh, like, drama. Like, it's not like a soap opera, if you will. They actually, like, show, like, all white walls, like, when yeah. she's getting the surgery. Like, meaning it should be, like, a warning to anyone who's out there young and having sex without protection. Like, it's not fucking, like, no big deal. It's, it's fucking terrifying and awful and, like, really traumatic. And 
it just ooh everything about it like I just had chills watching it when you can like hear the drill starting up or whatever the vacuum that the doctor yeah. uses and like him just nonchalantly being like we usually give our patients these headphones like listen to a song like here you go and it's just like that's what they're there to do like they do they perform abortions daily yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's just like very like run of the mill where for Cassie she's like totally traumatized she's obviously like so scared sad like so many emotions so I don't know I just think Euphoria did a really good job of like showing the full process but not making it like over dramatized or like I don't know not, I don't want to say glamorized because that's yeah, weird you but... see like the the minutiae and the banality of the the process it's a, it's just like being at the dentist for everybody but you well and you also have they're to think... all just going about you know yeah it's just their daily jobs. medical procedures, but yeah. for you, it's this very like traumatizing thing. So it's a weird yes. at odds relationship. Exactly. Um, but luckily, she's got her her mom and her sister there. I was just gonna say that's the, like the big plus is that also it's very rare that people that have to go through that unfortunately don't have the support she did. So like, thank God she had her mother and Lexi there. But yeah, it's just overall as a woman, it's really hard to watch. Like I definitely got a little emotional watching it because it's like, fuck, that would just be the worst at that oh. age. I can't even imagine. At any age, that would. Any be age, of course. Shitty. But I mean, like especially at that age. Like I wasn't even having sex at that age, so I can't even imagine. But like, damn. So Sydney Sweeney just executes that all so well, and um, I also really obviously love her makeup look. is so iconic when they show her ice skating. It's like her big grand finale if you will it's like her coming it's like very metaphorical it's like her coming out of this abortion like stronger and like a little more clear-headed i think i think she has a better idea of like her future that lies ahead at least she thinks she does Mm -hmm. but yeah that's crazy that she goes ice skating right after abortion it's probably not healthy right so it's it's metaphorical (laughs) i don't think she's actually but like yes i think it's more dreamlike that's like another fantastical part of it yeah but also we were like we weren't joking because obviously abortion's not funny and this scene in no means is like something to laugh about but we were kind of like what the fuck song would you listen to if you were like in a, such a traumatic moment like that like that would suck because whatever song you chose would be ruined for you can't ever. listen to it ever again yeah no so and what song pick, would you really even uh, want to listen to it's just like ugh. Like, all star by smash mouth okay maybe, maybe <laughs> zendig she loves shrek but motivational like, but yeah, it would just be awful. All around, just awful. Like, let's move on. That's just such a depressing, dark topic. Then we get Nate and Cal's infamous, like, mm, Yes, fight. this is much less depressing. Much less depressing Psych. and kind of fun just to kidding. see. I oh, kind of like when they depressing. fight. It's so fucked up. I know, but I kind of like seeing Nate take his anger out on Cal for the first time. Yeah, oof. Nate. Do you know what I'm saying, though? I kind of like it because... I'm not saying I like it. Of course, it's really sad. But I like that, like, Cal is... Finally seeing the outcome of, like, his bad parenting. Meaning, like, he walks oh, away yeah. from Nate totally freaked the fuck out. Oh, yeah. He is like, my son is fucked up. Oh. Um, but, yeah, on the other side of it, we are seeing um, kind of the back to the Oedipus thing. We're seeing it kind of all in one. Nate probably wants to fuck his dad, but he also wants to kill his dad. Like, Weird. Nate's mom basically just isn't in the equation. Nate no. wants to both fuck and kill his parent which is just cal he doesn't really yeah, have anything that's your thought I, i'm not i'm not gonna side with you on that but, but i think he here, does want to kill man, his dad. I, I mean he's on the verge of like make out slash no he's not i'm kidding he's not there's no sexual tension nate wants no. to fucking kill his dad in the scene and uh, he's crying too i mean it's emotional like, he steps to he steps to cal to he thinks he's the big man he thinks he uh-huh. can finally uh step up to his dad and 
Cal uh, shows him otherwise, and that does not go down no. so well. Not only does it not go down well, Oof. we were reading, I always thought that, I think it's true, Jacob Elordi got a concussion doing this, I'm pretty sure. Um, they said that, obviously, yeah, it's like... it's kind of unclear. Well, Sam Levinson said that, obviously, like, on any set, especially HBO, they have, like, hired nurses. They, they, they're they very, very safe. Also, the floor was padded, he yes. said. Yes. But um, even with padding, though, what he was alluding to is even with padding, you could absolutely get a concussion, and they did not know he was going to rise to the occasion like that. He, they, like, they were just absolutely like, shocked. He ham on the scene. Yeah, it I will right wild. now. Jacob Elordi, if you ever listen to this, like, my God, from Kissing Booth to this scene, you have just flourished. This scene is, like, Oscar-worthy. You should be fucking proud of yourself. Like, going from a horrible, no offense... B-grade movie. I know you gotta do what you gotta do to get your shoe in the door. And honestly, like, Kissing Booth, I did like at the time. <laughs> but, like, holy fuck, like, as an actor, so respectable. I'm just proud. It's hardcore. It's some fucking... He- it's, like, some heavy, like, yeah, intense it made me shit. feel uncomfortable. I was like, hey, can we, like, wrap this up? I'm, like, literally feeling uncomfortable yeah, I mean, <laughs> hearing him Euphoria scream. Euphoria is a show of a lot of intense shit, but I low-key think this is one of the, if not the most intense scene in the entire show. This yes. is, like, real, like, real shit. Yeah. Fucking crazy. Yeah. So then Pretty we wild. wanted to talk about Ruinate, obviously, their chat outside. Because Maddie yeah, and me to... are kind of, like, dancing together. They get right. this little, like... Well, no, they're not dancing together. They're, like, battling. Like, Maddie's, like, grab some guy in the Maddie dance floor. Maddie grabs some guy. I love that part. She's, like, you? And the guy's just, like, huh? And then the, the, the other guy's, like... She's, like, can mm, you yeah, dance? Like, and he's, like, yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> That'd be you. You'd <laughs> be stupid to not be, like, yeah. Yeah, but, like, Maddie? I mean, so, I guess if you couldn't dance, but, like, Yeah, but he can dance. They're, they, like, get it on. So they get it on. Maddie's a good dancer, too. She's, like, pretty hot. So Nate gets pissy. He walks yeah, out. Yeah, he walks out. And Zend- or Zendaya. Rue is, like... Rue's out there not feeling so hot about the. No, no, no. She follows him. Oh, that's right. She sees she him does. and she she looks at Jules. She's like, "Be right back," which yeah, is so badass because she she goes on a mission. And this is right after we get Rue and Jules like basically like flipping the bird, shooting mm-hmm. the guns at Nate on the dance floor <laughs> to, so uh, to blow the whistle, which is a great. Scene. It's pretty ballsy too because Jules was pretty freaked out by Nate. So for her to be so nonchalant and be like flipping him off at prom, well, it's a ball like move. she like like she goes on to say in this conversation, Rue is in this uh, interesting situation where she's probably the only character in no, the show. No, I'm saying Jules has balls. Oh, I don't think Rue is a fuck. Thing. Yeah. But I mean, Jules, Jules already, she already played her part. She did the cops thing. Like, it's over with. She knows she's fucked by well, Nate, so it kind of doesn't matter. He has the nudes and stuff. Like, Absolutely. It almost doesn't matter. But So Rue just like beelines it, yeah. follows him. They get outside. Also, Alex and I keep continuing to bring this up, but it's like we literally don't know the history between Rue and Nate, which I hope like kind of... It's I hope the, season two unfolds a yeah, little bit more. It's one of the interesting plot threads, because they drop a couple hints. They say that, you know, like, Nate tried to finger Rue when they were, like, 14 on mm-hmm. the dance floor or something, so that's like that. They have a lot of history, and though, that I think we don't know about. I don't know why. They give each other some looks every once in a while, and in, at the conclusion of this scene, he, like, tells her that she looks really beautiful or something, but in his, like, very manipulative, weird Nate way. Um, but it still has some, like, undertones of something else going but good for on Rue. there. That's badass really, that she's just, like... We're not really sure what, but uh, Rue, Rue kind of gives it to Nate in this scene a little bit because um, she is yeah. probably the only character in the show that has the upper hand on Nate yes. and that she just has nothing... She literally has nothing she's to She's like, I already almost died. I she doesn't give, give a, a fuck about her life, even. So, like, it's... <laughs> That's not funny, but, like, you know, I know what you mean. It's open season in yeah. terms of, like, <laughs> her ability to fuck with Nate because there's really very little he can do. He already fucked with Fez. I'll put you in the hot like, seat for one second. There's not much he can do to hurt her. I want to put you in the hot seat for a second. Do you think... I just had this thought. Do you think that 
when he says she's beautiful, do you think that's just him literally just being a scumbag? That's it. Or do you think there is more, meaning when we keep saying, like, we think there might be a little more in their history. Do you think there was ever a point where maybe they had some sort of, like, norm, not normal, but, like, maybe some sort of interaction where he fucked her over, kind of like he did to Jules? Because I feel like Rue comes out very strong just hating Nate, like, hating him. It's not mm-hmm. even like, oh, he's just this dumb jock that goes to our school. He sucks. She clearly has a lot of, like, personal, like, issues with his family and him. I'm just curious what you think. I don't know. I don't think there's enough to say yet. Yeah, true. There's a lot of... A part of me just wonders, because when he says that, I told you, like, the one thing I don't like about this scene is Rue goes out there. She makes it a point to, like, be a badass, and, like, she does. But she lets him have the upper hand in a way, because he walks away being like, I think you look beautiful tonight, and he's obviously not being serious. It throws her for a loop. She's not expecting that, and that's Nate's specialty, is manipulating people by, like, kind of, like, catching them off guard. Totally. But uh, it just sucks, because then Rue's kind of silenced in a way, and he gets to walk off, like, smirking and being his usual asshole self. He does. But at the end of the day, we still know that Rue does have, like, an advantage over him. He, he, it's like one of those, like, he won the battle, but this could be a Rue He won the verbal battle. This could be a Rue wins the war situation, because and she'll throw the salt behind him. <laughs> yeah, she'll, she'll throw that salt <laughs> she will behind throw that him. Salt. They like, won't even be able to build any of Cal's homes. It'll be fucked. Oh, yeah. They won't be able to build a single fucking No mac and mash at that house. Home. It'll be dead, gone, burned to the ground. Yep. But yeah, True. I don't but, know. Yeah, I just I mean, wanted to ask you, you. The way you fuck up somebody is you through their friends and family if you can't get them directly. But he's already okay. fucked over Jules. And he's already fucked over Fez. So there's nobody really that he has dirt on in Rue's life that he can use no. to like put any squeeze on her so true. she's in a pretty good uh power position over nate for season two she's set up pretty well she really is then we maybe have a, she'll kill him who knows maybe then we have a really like just quick snippet of we get a little bit of closure on maddie and nate as far as we know they have a slow dance together and i don't know i i was telling alex i think this moment is a a little bit like it gave me closure at least I feel like they kind of needed that because I like when she's like we're just she says something like we're just not good for each other like she which I think is pretty brave of her like I will give Maddie a little bit of credit it's really hard to like come out of an abusive relationship and I think that was like her way of kind of like ending things and I I'm hoping that will stay that way meaning I I'm hoping Mm -hmm. Maddie has a wild and out summer and like Nate is just fucking gone like he's Mm -hmm. dead to her I don't think that will be the case, but that's, like, my highest hopes for her. But I felt like she definitely kind of was, like, tired. I think that was her way of being, like, I'm exhausted. Like, this is not even worth the status anymore. Like, it's just bad. They're both pretty raw with each other, and I think, to me, it came across, like, neither of them really cares that much about the other one. I don't think there's much love there. I don't even know if you would call it friendship, but they do kind of have this, like, Camaraderie. camaraderie through, like, villainy. Like, they've both been really shady people and done really shitty people to stuff like well, together. Well, they also know each other's deepest, darkest secrets. Yeah. Like, they have a lot invested. Yeah, exactly. They know a lot about each other. They've done shady shit together. So they have this, like, this camaraderie in their, like, mm-hmm. in their fucked upness and in their villainy. So, yeah. but it's not really, like, a, a real friendship. It's not romantic. Um, we also love this part. I have to say it before we forget is when the, his other, like, bitch, I don't remember her name. Sorry, uh, yeah. but, like, she's Stinky. just whatever. Stinky the one pie. that was putting her feet up on the dash. Like, ugh, ugh so fucking gross. Trashy. But then um she goes to sit down at the table and it's like oh like the worst night ever she's like i thought this would be a night i'd remember forever you went to the dance with nate jacobs what What were you thinking thinking? yeah but the best part is when she's like i think this i thought this would be a night i'd remember forever and lexi's like i think this is a night you'll remember forever (laughs) which is also something you would say drunk 
You're totally, very, yeah. you are really Alexi when you're drunk. I'm pretty Alexi. Straightforward. Yeah. So funny yeah. though. I just had to bring up that cute little line. But then after that, we get Rue and Jules. They have this like kind of intense conversation outside and it leads to a lot of other shit. But yeah, Rue pretty much asks her very tenderly, like, do you love me? And Jules yeah. says, yes. She says, do you love Anna? And she says, yes. Which I'm like, what the fuck? Jules is on some bullshit here. You love Anna? You met her once. Like, okay, like, even if... I honestly wouldn't have even cared if she had said no to Rue because they haven't even known each other. In my eyes, it's like, you right. haven't really known each other that right. long. But then you say you love Anna? Jules Back is on the bus up. Jules is in this, like, thing where she thinks it's, like, adult and, like, cool and, like, wild and free-spirited to, like, love, have like, two many lovers. people. Like, yeah. And, like, that you can love many people or that she does love many Which, people. Which, to be fair, is okay because when you're in high school, you're very experimental. She doesn't really know. You're finding it's yourself. Whack. You're it's finding yourself. It's very though. immature. And it's like, it girl, is. you don't know what it's like to love one person. I don't think she <laughs> truly loves Rue or Anna no. or has ever truly loved anybody. She like, loves Rue in a, Rue obviously. comes a little closer, but I don't think that's even like, but she compared, life. you know what was my problem? Which isn't a bad thing, but she compared Rue to family earlier in the episode when they were getting ready. Remember I said yeah. it was so fucking offensive that she said, "I lo- you would love Anna. Like, she's like family. Like, it was different than like my dad or you. It was like another like family member. And it's yeah. like, hey. When that gets hard though. But when we- you're relating someone to family, the romance kind of like goes right. away. <laughs> That's tough though because Jules was obviously talking partially about like the, the like sexual orientation aspects of it like she feels like she has another family and these people from la because they're also going through like trans issues and whatnot i know i'm just saying i was like offensive don't even include anna in any kind of like family discussion but anyways yeah jules is on some bullshit here being like i love you and i also love her when in reality she's barely knows either of them like she's known rue for at least a school year so like she probably knows her decently well she does but she's known anna for what fucking two days like get the no fuck offense. out of here and she barely knows rue even so it's she like she doesn't because fuck out of here jules I'm and sorry. we'll talk about this later but she obviously doesn't know rue because if she knew rue she wouldn't make the decision she makes later which we'll talk about yes but so anyways, she's on some bullshit bullshit this jules. whole thing not like, happy she thinks with she's you. so cool and like mm, modern and like which is a bummer but anyways like, the what only is this other like thing, some polyamory shit like get the fuck weird. out of here with this the only other thing i will say too is it's really really sad when Rue's like what does she say she says uh, uh do you like um fuck, she's like is there anything you would change about me about or something, me yes basically. that's it yep and Jules lies and says that there's not well um, we don't know if she's actually lying but oh she says do you wish I was different yeah which is so sad because Rue clearly has shown, especially in the Halloween episode, that she feels like a burden. And that is just something you never want to feel like, especially around people you love. Right. And to be honest, once again, I'm more and more finding out I relate to Rue on so many levels because Alex knows this in our relationship. Like I, if anything, when I lost my dad when I was 17, anyone I met after that that I grew close to, I always felt like a burden because I was going through so much I was, like, super immature, very incapable of handling my emotions and coping with death. So anyone I met, I honestly, like, always felt like I was, like, not good enough to be with someone because I just felt like shit. So 
that was like I literally like Alex was there with me. I I ball. I I literally sob every time I watch this episode. Like actually, like full on. Like I can barely breathe. But like I, that's like where the crying starts. Is that like one moment? Because I know what that feels like to like love someone or even be friends with someone and like have to ask that hard question of like, do you wish I was like not like mm-hmm. this? So yeah. that's like sad. I'm not an addict, but like it, it's yep. all it's all similar. Like it's all and to emotional. Jules' credit, she says the right thing. She's like no, and is yeah. loving and like Sweet. chill with her in that moment. Yeah. Um, so so like, let's go away. Let's run to the she city. Does, she that... does get some credit there, and it's Rue's idea to like run away. I just don't. Rue obviously just doesn't really like. Hasn't she hasn't thought this out? She hasn't no. literally thought out. To Are we fair, actually going to run away right exactly. now? Like to be fair though, also how many times have you and I been like let's be spontaneous let's go and like they're on a bike ride it's like super immature like in my head i'm like i would never like take it so literal i wouldn't be like jules like okay hurry let's go home pack my bags i would <laughs> i know i just That's always the, i'm always the jules in that situation i'm like oh okay let's fucking do it like let's go right now once again i'm like rude i would <laughs> say that out loud shit. but i wouldn't mean it yeah and I would be the jewels and be like, yes. yes Haven't I done that before? Go. I feel like I've done yeah, that Yeah, totally. Before. You always, like, throw something out there, like, casually. And I'm like, oh, okay, let's do it. Like, right now. And I'm now. like, no, 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 and never mind. Like, no. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Come on. Like, let's do it. You wanted to do yeah. it. Let's do the thing. So that happens. But then we have to kind of bring up Fezco real quick. He has a crazy fucking thing going on. There's not, like, much emotional depth here other than, like, it's fucking insane. Like, yeah, the stakes up. are high. So stakes are high. He uh, Astrid after, gives him the look like, oh fuck. <laughs> after getting raided by the cops, Fezco has no drugs anymore to sell, so he has to figure out how to come up he's with the money to do. pay Mouse. So he obviously knows about this individual who's a doctor within the network of like drug dealing. Yeah, I'm sure. he's. It seems like this guy's a supplier for their organization at some level. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to know what like whether this is a good decision or not without knowing exactly like who this guy is and how he relates we don't know to enough. like the criminal organization because if he's their supplier and then Fez robbed him and then puts the money back into the system everyone's going to know which seems like a really bad idea but if he's the supplier for like a rival gang or something it's a great idea so yeah. we don't really know how good of a decision this was but we was. will know in season 2 because I told you I read an interview Another one with Sam Levinson. He said that in season two, he absolutely has every intention of telling Fezco's storyline. Yeah. So I hope we could learn but more. But yeah, man, Fez, uh, Fez really ponies up. He gets on his gangsta shit and he goes and he sneaks into this doctor's house. He goes, yeah. makes him uh, oh, wait, no. open up his crazy fans, safe table. The video, the movie yeah. playing. I have a, so the doctor's watching a movie. He's got a projector on with some movie on and I tried so fucking hard to find out what movie this is and i could not find out they we only just, show like a couple seconds of the film and it's, it's not really short credits and i looked all over online so if you happen to like for some reason know what movie this is dms please tell me um but yeah i don't know alex was dying is, he really did do the work he put in the lord's work to try and find this video out for you guys but like it was really tough. i did all i mean i don't even think anyone cares but i care and no, I, no no they do i was just actually gonna say it's so funny you said that because i actually think people really appreciate the details and i think it's really fun to know this especially because you always bring up the point that euphoria is very intentional and it's really cool they actually pick things that like align with the story mm, and the theme yep so yeah i actually i even would want to know i don't know but yeah, I had no luck. So if you know what that is, hit me up. But, but yeah, the coffee table safe with all the like drugs yeah, and shit. Got a, that's a sweet safe. That's a really cool safe. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Dr. Boy tries to make a move for a gun. Fez has to beat the shit out of it him. It also sucks that Fez has to see his kid watch because Fez is such a good hearted guy that you know yeah. they did that on purpose because oh, he's yeah. like, fuck, you now know what do I do? Yep. You and know that's, that he's you know that's why he didn't kill him that. either. 
Also, yeah, we have to mention last episode we were wrong. We said we thought that Fez killed this doctor. I don't know why I thought that. I've seen the show a million times. I, I, I thought, thought that I too, to be fair. Um, but he doesn't. He, he doesn't just kill the doctor. Out. He just beats the shit out of Which him. Which actually, also in season two, I'm sure we'll find out. But that's really stupid because now you haven't killed him. Now he's just alive to tell the tale. He had a mask on though, right? True, but I mean, those guys find out. It's almost worse if you kill him, though, because then you have the heat of the police true, investigation. True. If you don't kill him, he's never going to involve the cops because think... he's a shady drug dude. So he's not going to, the cops aren't involved now. If Absolutely. you kill him, the cops are involved, and that's bad. Totally. I just think they intentionally put that little child there to make Fezco have, like, a moral moment. Of course they did. Because we all know up. Fez has, like, a pretty strong moral compass. He doesn't want to do this. He sees this as, like, the last-ditch effort to, yes. like fucking save him and ashtray from mm-hmm. some real fucked up shit like he he's it's yeah. like balls to the wall you got to do That's what you got to do shit. he doesn't, he doesn't want to like there's no way he wants to do this obviously no so no. and then he's obviously feeling the full consequences of it from this little son having to watch his dad get beat up beat but, up. Beat but also up. you know that guy's asking for it like if you're in the drug business you know yeah, it brings risk prepared. with it, and if you have a kid, you gotta know that like that's a risk. These are the risks. You could end up dead one day, and your kid could be an orphan. Like so, fucked up, it's fucked business. up world. The drug dealers don't go into that business if you're not cool with that. <laughs> yeah, you gotta be better. So then we have the epic train station moment. Now this is a really, really tough scene for me and many people watching this. Um, mainly because we all have just been rooting so hard for Rue, and she really has come so far in her soberness and just growing as a person. So while Jules is kind of taking a fucking backseat, if you will, and is being all immature and, like, is kind of, like, self going into, like, self-discovery, if you will, Rue's kind of, like, I'm not saying she's doing well. She's definitely, like, having a hard time, but also she's come a long way. So it's really hard to see her just fall apart in the scene at least for me it's so emotional for me because it's like she just loves Jules so much and for Jules in that moment to not understand the like seriousness of like I can't just fucking get on a train and leave like my sister watched me OD like that's so traumatic my mom is like been such a sport like let me go to prom with you like has let me go to sleepovers like has given me this freedom i can't like abuse that it's just not an option mm-hmm. i love my family too much which to me is so sincere and honestly jules should be like if anything like turned on by that like i feel like if i was in love with someone that was an addict and they have this like vulnerable moment of being like i just can't do this right now like i have to like make sure my family's okay yeah anyone with like a fucking brain would be like you know what oh my god i'm sorry like let's just take a breather maybe we'll go tomorrow like but no jules is too she's got her mindset yeah her you were saying she wants to i liked what you said and i want to make sure you remember it Hmm. i liked what you said how she's trying to like form rue into who she wants rue to be yeah, I think to a certain degree, she kind of wants Rue to be more of like an Anna. Now that she's like seen someone like this, I think she is in love with Rue to a certain extent. Like, but she wants Rue to take on these qualities. She wants to see like a more a wild child, a more adventurous Rue, a more like reckless, spontaneous Rue. And while Rue's story arc is getting more mature, more responsible. Um, Jules' story arc is kind of getting more immature. Like, Jules starts yeah. out the series being probably the more mature party. She's shown, like, doing very little, like... Well, she's supportive, remember? She's the one that tells Rue, like, yo, I'm not going to be friends with you if you're doing this shit. Right. And then toward yeah. the end, she, like, wants her to be, like, wild. And it's like... Right. Jules really... Uh, Jules' character arc is in uh, the downshift she gets like progressively more immature she gets more into like drinking she's making like 
probably what are worse choices, more questionable moral choices with the whole, like, Nate thing and the cops. And to be like, fair, the Nate thing did really fuck her up, and it would fuck anyone up, so I'm not, yeah. like, blaming it, but I'm saying, like, we, we do, like, forgive her of certain things because you're, like, she is young and she is going through some really traumatic shit. Like, right. But it doesn't, like... I mean, she's still a kid, and it's okay that she is this level of immature because it's mm-hmm. what's to be expected, but it's a bummer in relation to the maturity level she starts <laughs> out at. She starts out a little above where you would expect her to be and kind of comes down to the more... the median of, of what course. you would expect of someone her age, which is kind of shitty and selfish. And um, everybody at that age is kind of like that. But it's a bummer to see someone that, for the first half of the show, is a little more elevated, kind of, like, come down, down to that. So then we, we literally just go into this beautiful, like, ending here. And I I know a lot of people have different opinions about this. I do think I will say most super fans, especially our listeners, I know the majority, it's very rare that, like, a big fan of Euphoria, like, doesn't like the finale. Like, it's actually, like, known as, like, the best. But there are a lot of, like, articles out there that think it was, like, a little silly, like, didn't make sense. And you know what? To that, I will say what I say a lot to you about film and artsy weird kind of mm-hmm. more like obscure shit i feel like if you don't like something just because it's different and odd and you don't feel comfortable with it i don't think that means it's bad i think everyone was hoping for this like normal tv ending of like rue and jules running off in the city together and that being the end but like all the articles i was reading their complaints about it just like weren't valid it wasn't like oh the music saying didn't make really? sense yeah i'll hmm. show you later i didn't really get to talk to you about it but like the Hollywood I read a Reporter, bunch of stuff Vanity that Fair. had pretty good things to say about it. Oh, see, I was part. reading stuff where they were like, it was kind of sloppy, it felt like jarring, it was very like random, like all of a sudden she's singing, which is funny because normally, yes, like I told you this when we were watching it, if it were anyone but Zendaya doing that scene at the very end, like I really think I'd be like, this is kind of weird, but she and Labyrinth working together and making that such an emotional piece really, I think, really like worked. And I... I guess even though I love musicals, you know me, I love cheesy shit. I, I do think if it had been anyone else, I would have been like, this is kind of like fucking weird. But I yeah. loved it. Like, which is weird for me. I don't know if I would like love this if it was someone else or if it right. was like a different song. I don't know how to explain it, but it was really like powerful for me. I the think first time I watched it, way. it floored me. I was yeah. like sobbing. Like, I was just like, what the fuck did I just watch? Like, I just watched Rue. Mm-hmm. I told you, I thought she died. So me watching like the scene of her, like, which I read to you earlier, Sam, like definitely wrote this very carefully and had a lot of thought behind it. And she's like wearing, she walks in, they carry her dad out on a stretcher, which like for me, I just fucking lose it every time I see that. I can relate to that a hundred percent, losing my dad at a young age. Like I've literally seen the same scene, seen my dad being carried out, same thing. So for me, I'm not laughing, but like that's super triggering. So I'm always like sobbing at this part. But then, like, she grabs her dad's sweater or hoodie or whatever, and it's so symbolic because it's, like, her, I guess how I read it to you earlier, Sam Levinson was saying it's kind of, like, her, like, dealing with loss. It's literally, like, her, like, putting on the burden of, like, her dad's loss and then, like... Right, It's a very, like, uh, it's a very, like, plain symbolism when we find out that she puts on the the hoodie that it's, like, she... It all goes down from here. (laughs) Well, you realize that she's carrying the burden of, like, this grief and his death and his memory with her throughout the whole show when you see her... Yeah, but you don't really know the whole show. Because she's not... She's... It's... She is literally carrying it with her throughout the show. She's wearing his hoodie... 
But yeah, I mean, the end is, uh, I think it totally works. It wor- definitely works for me. I didn't, I didn't even think it was that weird. I wasn't that surprised. Which I think is um, funny, though. I will say, I thought you were going to hate it, because you don't like musicals. Meaning, no, I not think not a musical, but she's singing, and it's very theatrical, and you usually do not like that. Yeah, I totally... Why I have, do you like it? I this? have mixed I'm going to put you in the hot seat. Why do you like it, though? Or why are you, like, okay with it? Because normally, it works. It's well executed. Any show, you would be like, this is so fucking stupid. I know you. No, it works, and it's well executed. And I have some problems with the ending. Um, but one of them is not the execution. I think it makes... It's great. Like, it's beautiful. You see, like, all... You get, like, a quick primer of, like, Rue's life, basically. Like, mm-hmm. you see Rue's mother at her absolute worst. Like, hitting Rue kicking her out Gia's, Gia's like what upset. the fuck and the mom's like you can go after her like i don't care and Gia's straight up to her mom is like is this are, are you, you proud? Like, proud of yourself like yeah. so you really see like you see the dysfunction of the family in this yeah way. and you see rue's mom at her absolute worst you see what rue's addiction has like done to her family you see what the de- father's death has like the effects that it's carried out to all these people it's highly um, emotional. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it's and it's set to this music and stuff. So I think it's a beautifully done scene. I think it's really well acted. I think it's well executed. The music, the montage, like I, it totally works. Um, and then they have this whole sequence at the end, um, which is and, super cool. Very well planned out. They had like choreographers, a full band. I mean, they went all out, like robes. It's very like almost like religious, but like very haunting and. Like he said, it's, I guess you, so you can talk about your qualms in a minute, but I'll first outline what Sam really thought, because I didn't know this until I read it today, but his intentions for writing this end scene, and he said he actually didn't really write it until they got to that episode. Like, he's one of those people that kind of, like, writes as he goes, Uh like, it's very therapeutic and, like, makes sense for him, but he was relating it directly to his personal experience of what, in his head, addiction is like, meaning, like, it's literally, like, highs, lows, fears, extreme extreme joy extreme like absolute depression you you can rise up you fall so like her choreography like climbing up over like people it's like it's all very symbolic where i when i first watched it i literally thought this is rude dying she's kissing her father goodbye she's like i don't know i literally thought this was her dying i didn't know it was her relaxing sam levinson described the scene it's he intended this symbolism to be about relapse and addiction and the the bodies of like the dead that have fallen to this stuff and her climbing and then falling mm-hmm. back into the relapse. Um, all the dancers outside are wearing robes that are the same color as her father's hoodie. Like, Well, he also said he didn't want you to think addiction is just black and white. It's not like... You relapse, then you're done. It's like you could like relapse. Right. It's like it's not over. Like but um to me and to many, many other viewers, um, the including you, I think, the scene read is really No, I thought she was dead. And so it's a little bit I I think my my qualms with the ending come I think it was executed perfectly. I was just frustrated to find out that Rue is not dead, basically. I mean I love Rue. Yeah, you like, don't like, actually want her dead, but you're right. like it would make sense that but she it's was like, from well, the story being that was, told. To me that would, could not have been more obvious that Rue is dead. Um so it's like how could you not how could you have looked at this scene as the creator or the producers or whatever and read this as Rue is anything other than dead? I mean they show her yeah 
go up which to... is funny because sam levin's almost so blind to it which is kind of cute almost because it obviously made euphoria even that much more enticing because you're like i have to see season two i have to know what's happening with rue where he right. had literally zero intent of like that being a cliffhanger it was more of a like oh like this is just like artful and, right like, and when you're an artist you're very close to your art and it's hard to step outside it and see how other people yes. will perceive it but to me it was like when she goes up to her mom and her sister and hugs them and they're not reacting like she, as if she's not there and then her dad is there and she hugs her dad and he hugs her back it's like well yeah he's dead and if he's hugging her back so is she totally like, like she hugs Gia from behind and Gia literally doesn't even feel her but then she hugs her dad and her dad kisses her on the forehead yeah exactly um apparently no, I'm, I'm 100% with you looking I wasn't... a little deeper into it some people were saying that the lyrics that are happening at that moment say there's a male voice being like not yet or something along those lines as her dad's kissing her so a lot of people were reading out like he's like you a lot of people have read the ending as she is going to die of an overdose but not yet like she's heading there but this is not the time so we'll see how this all plays out also if she did relapse you could have a weird moment of like almost death i mean i know that's really blowing it out of proportion but yeah she could have had like a literal near death like Right. When you're in that moment, she could have really thought she saw her dad, whatever you want to think. Yeah. But yeah, I absolutely, the first time I'll never, for, I will literally never forget the first time I watched this finale because I was so moved. I mean, it's really what made me like love the show because I didn't really know what to expect. I was like, how are they going to wrap all of these storylines? Because there's a lot going on. And right. I do, that is one thing I will praise Euphoria forever and ever about is I do think that they really did a good job of like, kind of wrapping up everyone but not enough where like you want to watch season two you want to know what's going on but it's not like you i didn't walk away frustrated personally other than finding out she didn't die because i was like damn it like i thought i had it i thought i knew like i thought i understood it and now you're telling me she didn't die that was the only part like got frustrated. it's only frustrating to me because i if it's ambiguous or if she's supposed to be alive or whatever i would have liked it to read more that way because then it's like you think she's dead and then you essentially are finding out she's not dead by him just being like she's not dead like i feel I like the product and the the story and the creation should be a little more clear about what it's doing if yeah. it's supposed to be obvious if I it was ambiguous you. i mean that ending could be pretty ambiguous and maybe you don't find out if she's alive or dead till season two if nobody says anything but if everyone's coming out and saying she's not dead it's kind of frustrating because you're like, well, no one, it's not yeah. really clear. So I'd like the totally. art to like speak for itself. And if she's not dead, I'd like to find out in season two instead of having somebody totally. tell me she's not dead. I agree. Like, so in other words, you would have been happy if Sam would have just been like, I don't know. Yeah, I wish, I mean that because it could be read very ambiguously. So I would have preferred if they had just left it open-ended until season two. Do you think HBO had anything to do with that? You know how some shows, they have like certain requirements. Like they might have been like, you can't say that because then no one will like, you might upset like the demographic, you know, the people that watch the show. because everyone would still know that Zendaya was going to be in season two. Of course, she was already signed on. Right, so it wouldn't take away from the fandom. If she was in season two as a... As a, a ghost, ghost or a narrator totally. or a voice or whatever, everyone's still going to watch it. No one's going to yeah, stop watching it because Zendaya's like dead in the show yeah. as long as she's still in it. All Nobody I can say is show. I wish you all could have seen how fucking fast I scrambled after that finale when I first watched it. I was like going to every Twitter, every interview I could fucking find because I was like, I need to know right now if Rue's actually dead. Mm-hmm. And like you said, to your point, I found out right away because I literally typed in like, 
Yeah, I he just know comes out and says she's not. Says. There's an interview where say. Sam Levinson just straight up says she's not dead. So yeah, it's a little frustrating. I it wish is. he would have at least leaned into the ambiguity and been like, people are reading this as ambiguous, so maybe I could like at least play it off until season two. I don't but know. He just came out and was like, no, she's not dead. See, like, you're funny like that. I actually. Well, dog, I'm you relieved. sure as hell made it look like she's dead. <laughs> True, but I'm relieved. I'm I'm opposite of you. I'm like, thank God Sam Levinson told us because I was flipping out. I was sobbing. I thought Rube was gone. I mean. For me, like I said, this and I really mean this, I'm very like tied to Rue personally. Her character is the one I resonated with the most. So when she died, I literally felt like I fucking died. I was like in my bed, like sweating, fucking mm-hmm. crying my eyes out. Meatball was like scared of me because I looked so terrifying. So for me, it was like highly emotional. So when he relieved me of that, I was like, thank fucking God. But yeah, I mean, either way, she's not in great shape for season two. Absolutely not. I can't believe Jules left her. You know? You're just going back to that. Yeah. I can't. I mean, I'm still, like, floored. Like, they're at the train station, and Jules finds out she wants to stay with her fam. And she Jules is like, okay, bye. Like, and just leaves her. You could have just stayed with her. But also, Whatever. but, but, let's be honest. You and I always say this. What a fucking boring ending that would be. That's like when someone in a horror movie walks into a room and all the lights are off, and you're like, what the fuck are you and doing? And you just stop, leave. Stop, stop, stop. I know, yeah. I know. I know. You're right. It's like, they gotta make it TV-worthy. I know. On that point, um, we also have a, a correction from last week that I just remembered. Um, what? Last week we were talking about Rue's medication, and we were like, I don't yes. think Rue's been on medication. And, and our our great loyal follower, yes. Mira Romero. I think I'm saying it wrong, but I it's close. A she, follower corrected us. Our follower is so sweet. Like, gives us all the deets. Yeah. DM'd us and said, just so you know, Rue does mention she's off Earth. Right. And during the train scene, we see that she's off we her were meds. like, oh, yeah, she's right. Because during the train scene, Rue's like, I need my medication. Um, which I thought was interesting because it kind of explains why Rue is both like has the bipolar stuff and the OCD. But yes. we never really see her having symptoms of that for most of the show. Yeah, I know. Um, so it does make a little bit more sense now it's that we're clear. like, yeah, she has been on medication. And also, you know what? Fuck Jules in that moment, too. Because she was like, we could just find it at a pharmacy. No, you can't. I know, right? You can't. No, you can't. You have to no. have like, you have to go through a process. Trust me. Yeah, you got to have the fucking paperwork. <laughs> I would know. Line. Like, I've taken medication. You Trust me. Show up you don't get to store. just show up at Walgreens and go, yo. Guess what? I'm bipolar and I've got OCD. Hook me up. Hit Hook me. a girl up. Right. That's yeah. not how it works. Yep. But, but you know what? Holy shit. Like I said, I do want to end on like a very like emotional note that this finale is just, I think, incredible. I absolutely love everything about it. I also think it's really, really dope that like Sam Levinson pulled all this from his personal experience. I think that makes it even more like special because it's like, damn, like if that's really how he felt and was going through shit, like I can't even imagine. Mm-hmm. Like I told you, I was like, the part where her mom's reading that letter and even just seeing the last scene and it all kind of comes together. I just can't even imagine. Like, my heart just goes out to so many people that are addicts because it's so fucking, like, it's fucking rough. Like, it's just a a journey that you have to go through your entire life. And it's not, like, it's no one's fault. It's just, you're either born yep. with it or you're not. Yep. Like, you were joking that, like, you've tried drugs. I have. We're so fucking lucky and... I'm so yeah. grateful that that's not in my genes, but like, holy fuck, like, I lost my dad at 17. Can you imagine if I had an addictive personality? Can right. you even imagine? Like, I'd be a fucking shit show. I would be rude, probably worse. So I just feel so grateful that, that like, I don't have, have to go through that. I can't imagine. Yeah, so like, same. it's pretty dope that like, to see him now, like clearly sober and like thriving, like what a cool story. Get it. So dope. Yeah, absolutely. Ugh. Ugh. 
Ah. The finale, like amazing, amazing, amazing stuff. So, I mean, it would not be our show if we didn't just go right into superlatives. Let's hit those superlatives. Bro, bro, the bro. old, uh, this week they're going to be a little lightly prom themed. Yeah, lightly. Yeah. So we've got, what do Ooh. we got first? Best dress. What are you thinking? Best dress, Paige. Maddie. I already said it earlier. I think Maddie's dress is so unique. It's so her. It's like pure rhinestone. It's over the top. It's sexy. I just think it like could not be more Maddie. And they did a great job. I love it. Yep. Weirdly, like no one really blows me away in this episode. But I think Cassie looks very like mature. Very nice. Like she could walk the red carpet in that look. She doesn't totally. belong in high school looking like that. Like no. she's outpacing everyone. She's also very like, like put together. Don't you feel like if you were her date, you'd very just classy. be like, you'd be swooning. Because you'd be like, this is so dope that I have a date that's like barely really put any effort in and looks like a goddess. Yeah, she looks fucking classy as shit so great we're stressed i literally like i feel bad even saying this because you know what our listeners are gonna be pissed but like i know sorry but jules same the second i saw her prom look i just made a note i was like "Ooh, it is not working like i it doesn't work for me at all the the skunk hair really throws like we already went into it but i all i'll say is i do love the trench coat like i would wear that yeah well no i wouldn't wouldn't because i i'm not like the right person to represent the political background of it but i absolutely like i love the material i love the glitter anyone can be pro-trans rights like that's true but uh, you know what i mean though like i think it's more fitting that she like it's so it makes sense she's wearing that it's amazing what a great statement but like what a bummer that to pair with that she looks like a skunk yeah the rest of it didn't come together it could have been a a stronger look if all the other details had been more in line but uh, yeah like i said the the hair and the makeup is the only thing that threw me off i really don't even think the outfit was that bad i just think you're so distracted by the bad do and makeup yeah like "Eh." yeah not a just didn't really fit it's a bummer. So then we have our prom king or queen option. Yeah. And I think we both chose Lexi. I choose Lexi. Straight prom up. queen. I love it. Lexi. Like, Lexi is so beyond her years in her assessment of high school. And she's being, younger. Yeah. Younger than all, great but for, wiser than all. Great for her for just being like so ahead of the game in terms of being like high school's bullshit. Like none of this matters and just having that kind of like presence of mind and maturity yeah. and awareness because she's cute it really is and she fun. hollers when and Kat she gets and Ethan are making out and she's drunk and she's like yeah. woo 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 and she's like she's a good friend yeah and she gets drunk and has fun so lexi's yeah. never had a bad friend moment in this whole season let's just make that known she's been so loyal she's never been a bad friend to anybody yeah i mean over the course of the season lexi goes from being like a small background character to being like a, a super a strong like interesting character in her own right especially in these last two episodes so absolutely last three good for her then we've got big prom dirty rap bastard yes and you know what once again i'm like cringing saying this because usually we pick nate usually we pick stinky old nate but he doesn't really do much in this episode and man he's not a good person let's just make that clear like he's he's still a shitty character always but like he didn't do anything outrageous in this episode so we picked jules because she fucking left rue at the train station yeah she's being real immature with her like whole anna thing and then to leave rue at the end the anna thing's whatever but i think if you're a real bastard you leave your best friend at a train station when she says i'm going through some post-traumatic stress I need to, like, be good to my mom and my sister. Yeah. There'll be another train tomorrow. We can go. So, like, sorry, bastard move. Yeah, that was super uncalled for. And she's kind of just, like, 
on and off this episode, but she's displaying a lot of qualities that are not not her best side. No. Jules is on the downward uh, the downward spiral right now, and it's a bummer, but she's being kind of shady to Rue. It's awful. Then we've got the prom jester. The which, jester. <laughs> which was Lexi again. Oh, yeah. Lexi again. She's, she's fucking, funny. She's funny. She's, she's all a great drunk. drunk. I, also, I was just thinking, too, another funny part for her was when she was like, with Cassie, and she's like, how do you, like, hook up with people? <laughs> yeah. And Cassie's like, I don't know. I just fucking, like, walk up and, like, figure it out. And she's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> she's just funny. She's very, like, oh, like, she's just wasted. It's great. Yeah, I love Lexi. Lexi? I didn't think I would, but I do. I know. And it's I didn't remember caring about her character at all in my previous rewatches. And on this one, I was like, okay, I get why she's like such a fan favorite. She's great. She's a fan favorite, but also she's Sam Levinson's favorite because she was in uh, Assassination Nation before this. And the interview I read to you today out loud, just kind of about the finale, he literally says, like, I understand why people want to know Lexi's backstory. Like, Maude was my. She was already written in for that part. Like, I don't even think. She may have had to audition, do, like, you know, the usual. The formality. The formalities, yeah. if you will. But, like, she absolutely, like, he was like, she's genius. I love her just as an actress. Like, this was her part. Like, I wanted this for her. I couldn't envision yep. anybody else. Which I thought was kind of cute, because, like you said, Lexi's kind of this, like, secondary character. But, yeah. like, to Sam, it was like, no, it's very important that she's yep. Lexi. There's also, like, there's no way, we all, I mean, it's obvious. There's plans for her in season two. Yes. Same with Fezco. Like, it's been stated, but I think you can tell in the story as well that these are characters who are going to get their due. They're going to get their time. They weren't, like, egregiously neglected where it's like, what the fuck? Why didn't no. they get episodes? Like, they're going to no. get episodes. Fans calm need to down. calm down. Their stories are <laughs> developing. Like, we're going to see more. We only had eight episodes. I like, know. we're going to get it. We're not like, at a place yet either. Like, there hasn't been enough to lead up to, like, I need to know. Lexi's backstory right it's like calm down calm down fans it'll happen and then our favorite music for me I mean I song of the week it's all for us by labyrinth and I'll tell you why I mean it's not just because like I love the end scene I mean that for me is super powerful but it's one of those songs that like I'll I know you'll like laugh and make fun of me and I can see you just rolling your eyes without even looking at you Alex but like (laughs) after the after I watched Euphoria for the first time this was the song I listened to the most walking like to work like because I was so attached meaning like I don't even really know I'll be honest I don't even really know if I love the song it's very Mm -hmm. like nostalgic for me it's like one of those songs that will just always be like Mm -hmm. a part of my life it's so sounds so fucking stupid even hearing me say it but I don't give a fuck like it It is it's very just like therapeutic for me to listen to it's so powerful however it's not a song I can just listen to and be like, oons, oons. like for me, right. it's like very emotional. It's like listening to like, you and I have our songs that are very emotional where like, we're like, we love them, but like you yep. cherish them, you put them away in a treasure box. You don't just like play them on a nonchalant walk. Like yep. it's too much. Like I'll start to cry. Every yeah, time yeah. I listen to it, I'll start to cry. I have uh, I have super mixed feelings on Labyrinth score for Euphoria. I think the the song at the end here, I'm like this is at this is at its best. Like I think his score is working at its best during scenes like that. I mean, it's an epic scene with the whole choir. But you also read right. You understand the I, I read it to you, but I don't know if you remember that. Like that was already a song on his album. Did you know that? No. So this song was not written for Euphoria. I mean, I never, this is bad, but I don't ever pay attention to oh, lyrics. So the lyrics don't change. That doesn't you know change that. anything for me, no, but that is interesting. But all I'm saying is, I'm letting you know in case any of our followers don't know. You never know. 
um, Sam picked Labyrinth based on the song. He mm-hmm. loved the song. Interesting. He had a lot of things. Like, he's an artist. So he had a lot of, like, ideas of what he wanted this to be very early on. Like, Zendaya was always his choice. It was, like, a no-brainer. Like, he didn't even want to have auditions for it. It was like, mm-hmm. I want Zendaya to play this part. Yeah. Which is kind of bizarre. <laughs> but anyways... <laughs> Not because she's bad, but, like, she'd only done Disney before this, so it's, like, what role was he watching other than, like, Spider-Man, where he was, like, wow, I'm blown away. Yeah, interesting. Do you know what I mean? Like, she's an where amazing he, where actress. Where did he see the depth, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, the emotional level. She I mean, it's reach. there, but where did he see it? Oh, and she, like, killed it. But, yeah, but yeah. He, I, it's almost like he kind of took a risk not really knowing if she could reach those levels. Right. But anyways, well, that being off. said, he listened to Labyrinth's album, loved that song, and, like, and literally envisioned it, not for the finale, but just to be in the show. Um, and they weren't even planning to have Zendaya and then Labyrinth and him collaborated a bit and they were like, this just like speaks to us. It fits so well for like that montage scene, mm-hmm. which it did. And it, I know you don't listen to lyrics, but you should next time because it's crazy how much they like parallel to the story, which is why I was, I had no idea. I didn't even really know much about Labyrinth before yeah. this. I mean, I did so for I that shook. segment because I was particularly interested in that segment and whether we were supposed to read it as dead or not. So I was like paying attention oh. during that. It but was typically, very... yeah, I don't fucking pay attention. But Zendaya, obviously, she she has a singing career a bit before this. I mean, it was Disney, sure, but like she she can sing. She has pipes. She's right. a good singer. So they were kind of like, "Would you want to sing this?" And she was like, yeah, "Fuck yeah." yeah. Of so, course yeah. you would. I don't know. I think it's really dope. But you can go... But yeah, mixed opinions on his score overall. And one thing I found myself thinking Ugh, many sorry, times... Many times you. during the show, I found myself thinking, I wonder what this would be like scored differently. Um, and there are times I'm like, I definitely would get more impact from this scene if it was scored differently. Like, for example, in this episode, Cassie's ice skating scene, I think could... For no, me personally, I, I could have gotten so much more out of that scene with different music. Sometimes it's... It's very like gospely, and it's kind of like, I like it though. faux epic. I like love it, it feels like it's supposed to be like so dramatic and so it epic is, and evocative, Alex. and it doesn't really hit home for me. And other times, I'm like, I could use way more synth. Sometimes these they're shooting these scenes that are like pure synth, and you don't get any of that. Can I say something? Not to like cut you off or interject, but I really think you should save a lot of this commentary for an episode where we really dive into the music because uh, I feel okay. like no, because I yes, no, yes, I yes. like it, but I'm like I could literally, I'm like getting nervous because I'm like I could literally go on and on all and right, on right. and on and yep. argue with you and well, debate. Say also, wait, no more. But also, our what? fans, a lot of them wrote in asking for an episode just on the music, so yeah. I kind of want to save it. Say no Savor more. It. My song of the week is Blow the Whistle by Too Short. <laughs> so no <good>. explanation needed. <laughs> there, well, uh, yeah. No, I mean, no. no explanation needed. It's just a, it's a fucking great song. It's a great fucking song. So the uh, on that note of us talking about the music and shit, we obviously are not done with episodes. We're not, you know, just cutting it here because season one's over. We are very serious about continuing. We already have ideas. We already know what we're going to do for next week, which is we would love, we took your feedback into consideration, and we would love to do a season two predictions, theories, just anything and everything about season two. What the fuck do we think is going to happen? Yeah. So 
right in hit us on twitter hit us on instagram tell us your predictions for season two and then next week we'll talk about uh your guys's predictions and we'll give you some of our own we'll we'll exactly. talk theories we'll see what we think is gonna happen and we'll just bullshit about fucking season two and we'll shout you out so literally if you write in be expected to be shouted out we really are gonna take this seriously so please like write in your very serious predictions because We'll either shit on it or we'll be like, yeah, like, this is awesome. Yeah. No matter absolutely. what, though, we're just here to, like, have fun. And we just think it'd be such a fun thing to do. So please participate. I'll definitely be putting it in our Insta stories often. Let us know what you think. Yep. And uh, I just want to take a moment because I know I'm the less uh, the less serious one on this end of <laughs> things. But I did want to take a moment to just say, like, how much the support and the listens and the feedback have meant to us like this has been this was just a random project and we didn't expect anyone to listen so it's been really touching um that we've gotten any comments any listens like everything we've heard from all of you has been really uh it's been touching and i feel incredibly lucky that you guys have given us um even a minute of your time so it really we really do appreciate it and we're gonna be out here and keep trying to bring some fucking entertaining content to you guys because it means a lot to us it really means so much and on that same note which is so cute because alex alex is a pretty emotional dude by the way you might not know it from the podcast but like why do you think i date him (laughs) for Uh, fucking 10 years but like for real i will second that i think it's just bizarre i mean we did this out of passion and we joked about it, but quarantine really did bring us together and really made us focus on what we wanted to try out. And we did this kind of fearful, honestly, thinking like, fuck, this is so awkward. What if only like 10 of our friends listen? And it's crazy. We've got over a thousand listens now. People all over the world. Like, People all over the world. It's like Kuwait, India. I mean, you name it's it. It's hard to even process. Like, it's so cool. It's just insane. And like Alex said, I just want a second, like you don't know how much it means to us when you message in, even if it's just something as cute as like telling us what you're doing for the day or literally like helping us. Like my God, half of our episodes have been you all messaging us on like details we missed or like fuck ups of being like, nah, this didn't happen. Like we are here for it. So like, please continue that. We are not going away. We are here. We're going to keep it euphoric and we're just excited for the future. We honestly have so many ideas that it's overwhelming. So like I said, we aren't going nowhere. We've got some great things planned ahead. But that being said, Alex and I both just at the bottom of our hearts want to express the gratitude for all of you sharing our page, following us, subscribing, reviewing us, you name it. All it's the things. Amazing. Yeah. So all you right. know what? I think in our normal nature, we have to do a little like sentimental last uh-huh. cheers to yes, our recaps. What an amazing round. Truly. That is That's so, so euphoric. euphoric. Woo, that sounded Ooh. good. We'll so see nice. you next week, euphorians. See you next we Tuesday. love you.